Silvery Moon. Hello and welcome to the Salacast on Sunday, the eighth of April, twenty eighteen. I'm your host Dan Train. Join me today, Zachary Burgess. <laughs> Jurassic Falls. Good old Jurassic Falls is back. And, and rustling for biscuits. <laughs> Robert Kemp. Custard creams. <laughs> oh, are you fully tricked out with biscuits? Breaking away from my... Um... <laughs> He's called that fully tricked out. He's got a custard cream a custard. out of a packet of custard creams. Yeah, that's I only wanted one. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I only pick at my biscuits. I don't devour an entire pack. You pick at biscuits? Or... Individual biscuits or packs of biscuits? Packs of biscuits. Right. Yeah, I, I have a biscuit there and I'd leave it. This is my day's, <laughs> my day's, day's biscuit. biscuit. I'm just going to leave it on, like, I'm gonna leave half of it on the table for later. Does that count as picking at food if you're eating whole chunks? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I, was, I was working under the implication that I would, that, you know, to not just... That, that, having, that being tricked out with biscuits is to have an entire pack. Of the well, I was of... kind of thinking that maybe you had different varieties available, but no. Well, there, well, there, are, there are bourbons in the kitchen, but the custard cream pack is the one that is uh, active right now. It's been activated like a sleeper cell agent. The custard creams are coming for me. Earlier today, it was activated. Earlier, earlier this week. <laughs> like right. I said, I pick, it, I pick up my biscuits. Are they now a bit softer or harder? Which way do they go? Hash brown. <laughs> Helpful. <laughs> um, are they like, far? They seem like normal You've got crumbs all over yourself. I have, yeah. <laughs> I've, caught, I've caught them on Domokuns. Yeah, you yeah, had a convenient ledge to catch all the crumbs <laughs> from out of your face. <laughs> <laughs> Shirt ledge? How does that yeah, was, He was just sitting at a weird angle. It's like, yeah. like, like a fold just above my, my left breast. That's just right for catching custard cream crumbs. <laughs> Try saying that. Jeez, that was harder than I thought. You said it right. Custard, custard, I know I did, but it, it, it's still quite tricky. Custard, custard cream crumbs. Custard, custard cream crumbs. Double custard, custard cream, cream crumbs. crumbs. A couple of custard cream crumbs. <laughs> A couple of custard cream crumbs. <laughs> Maybe Could more. You just add a crumbly at the start of that. Crumbly custard cream crumbs. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of crumbly custard cream crumbs. <laughs> I love alliteration. Yeah, not sure what it is about alliteration that's so funny, but it definitely has something. I have to add the word combustible, but it kind of goes a bit off topic. Probably are combustible. Crumbly custard cream crumbs. <laughs> well, they don't... you're not burning them. Right well, now. not on their own. <laughs> No, they probably wouldn't like sustain a flame. They might do. I don't know. Depends what situation. Did you ever do that experiment in like school? Yes, biology. I know exactly like, what you're about to talk about. As you well. like burn some Cheerios or something. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the burn a sugary food stuff to discover how much energy the sugar is. Yeah. We did it with a marshmallow. Try and figure out the calorific <laughs> value through burnination. Does that efficiently release the energy in the same way that eating it would? Well, probably more efficiently than eating it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Burninating the Cheerios. I don't know why it was Cheerios for us. Maybe it was Honey Nut Loops while well, they were a thing. 
Well, the reason to do it with a marshmallow is because the marshmallow is basically just sugar. <laughs> True. I the marshmallows, yeah. And also you can, you know, toast some leftover ones and eat them. <laughs> yes. Or just, you know, eat them. <laughs> Whereas no one's eating toasted Cheerios, as far as I know. So we've lost our marshmallow. You sure about that? Are you sure Rob's not got it? Absolutely sure. Oh. I've got white goo holding my mouth together right now. <coughs> How do you make marshmallows from sugar? I don't know. I tried making marshmallows once. Did you? It's not that difficult in theory, but in practice it's not, not easy either. Because you have to get it to a very precise temperature. It's basically just sugar and gelatin. <laughs> right. Whipped up and then let to cool down. But if you get it at slightly the wrong temperature, it just doesn't get poofy enough. It just like sags into a solid mush. Yeah. It's not very nice. Also, I screwed up the flavouring, so it was even doubly nice. Not nice. But it just become like a caramel jelly at a certain point, you know, would it still have a, enough, well, I mean, enough water? Caramel is just another temperature of sugar, really. Yeah. It? So, that's why, yeah, that's why I mentioned That's it. why you have to get it to exactly the right temperature, because cooking with sugar is a pain in the ass. You go one slight difference in temperature too far either way, and you've got a completely different thing. <laughs> my, my time watching Bake Off has told me that the same is true of chocolate. Like, you have to... Depending on the type of coating you want, your your chocolate handling has to be fairly precise. Mm. You'd have that, to be, you yeah. just milk chocolate, and just pour it directly on it. Screw any other fanciness. I, I mean, last time I made a cake, I did put like I like you dilute the chocolate slightly with like milk to make it mm. slightly runnier, and that's it. Just pour it on there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. Well, I mean, in terms the of single tech, trick. <laughs> in, in terms of flavour, there's probably absolutely no difference. But if you're going for that mirror glaze. Precision is chocolate going to provide you a mirror? Like, well, it's not. It's not. Glaze. They don't. It's not actually a mirror, but it's like it's shiny enough, right? Mm. Well, it depends how you. you what else? You something add. else on it, right? Don't you? I don't know. I don't think so. You not have to like baste it in like a sugary thing. I think it's more like maybe chuck some extra butter in there or something, or like extra that, sugar or something. Just yeah. get more crystallized. Yeah, maybe. Don't know, but it, yeah, they always say. <laughs> You know, it's one of the more precise things they do on Bake Off. It's like, you've got to get it just right. Other than making custard. It seems like people struggle to make custard sometimes. Custard doesn't seem like that's difficult to make either. No, I think that's just, you have to you have to keep whisking it. And then well, the moment you stop yeah. whisking it, things go bad. <laughs> whisk it, whisk it. Have you made Absolutely. any cakes recently, Zeg? No. I'm disappointed because, you know... You're actually pretty good at making cakes. Well, I'm pretty good at making that one cake that that I know how to make. That was pretty (laughs) delicious, it has to be said. It was a good way to annoy Naomi. (laughs) Absolutely. Because she was baking all the time and all you would do is complain about uh, the nitpick about her baking. And then she was like, well, you do it. I don't think I nitpick (laughs) about her baking particularly as much as like, when we're sitting here and recording a podcast and you can smell burning coming from the other room, I don't think that counts as a nitpick exactly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> in fairness, I think I'm about as guilty as that of that as anyone else. I mean, yeah, burning is not a nitpick, is it? It's quite glaring. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a real shame because she's, she's pretty good with her savoury stuff, to be fair. The cheese scones, top drawer. Mm. Muffins. Not a chance. I think I'd rather have like better cooking and just ignore the baking and go and buy cakes from a cakery. (laughs) A cakery. She made a pretty good lemon meringue. She's all right at that. 
She can get her meringues to be Yeah, it's tart. <laughs> Meringue is like another one of those where it's pretty much just sugar. Well, egg kind of. There's still, there's still a certain <laughs> amount of like, you know, you've got to get that whip right. You've got to whip it in that. Well, it's basically just quantity of whipping, I think. Yeah. Like, like whipped cream where it's like it takes ages but then it suddenly just turns into <laughs> just yeah turns into whipped cream you're Some, like, oh, suddenly okay. becomes what you need and you're like oh great splendid <laughs> time for that meringue test where you tip, tip it over someone's head and it shouldn't actually move anywhere it should just stay in the bowl it's when you put it right you necessarily need to tip it over someone's head you just tip I it mean, upside down in any vicinity it's not quite as dramatic or you can just lift it above your own face, and then if it fails, you still get to eat it. <laughs> True. You get a delicious surprise. <laughs> a raw egg, essentially. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. Is it actually, is it actually edible? It's like, like when, when you're eating any kind of dough that's not quite there yet. It's te- technically still a raw egg. Or... Yeah, it's not. Yeah, there used to be a worry with that salmonella thing, but they officially declared it relatively okay. A few years <laughs> it's officially sort of fine. Yeah, they did. It was on the news. It's officially sort of okay to do that now, in Britain at least. Why is that? Like, what make? Why? Why would the egg suddenly be okay? Is it just I guess the chickens that Im- laid them aren't so messed up? Or yeah, it's a it's an infection, isn't it, or something, or, or it's a bacteria or something, and they've obviously eradicated it to safe levels or whatever mm, some sort of treatment probably yeah. done to the i assume they do it to the chicken not somehow would you, how would you do it to the egg would you, would you syringe it or somehow yeah, or like, it's, don't know. normally doesn't get inside the eggs it's all on the outside it's on the outside it's just yeah. contaminated when you're doing the cooking right so the, <laughs> so the raw egg it's yeah so unless you somehow get your egg on the outside of the shell. It's quite easy to do when you're trying to yeah. crack an egg. Yeah, <laughs> definitely happens. Or, or a bit of shell falls into the thing. Oh, that is the worst. Yeah. Oh, I bloody hate that because eggshell has a tendency of being, being being a bit like a video game enemy and that you put your finger near it and it goes, nope. <laughs> it just sort of runs away a little bit. It's like, the, it's like when you shoot at the greens on Geometry Wars. It's like they want none of it. Video games. Yep, that was smooth. Clearly, a great way to segue back to video games. Yeah, our cooking discussion of the, of the three of us who can barely cook at all between us. So I'm trying to <laughs> fix that by the most blunt way possible, because um, I regress. Like I used to, um, I used to like make like pasta and stir frying things back at university. Well, I mean, you didn't make um, your pasta, right? <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I mean. Boiling I would boil the dry about. pasta and okay, then okay. Ma- and then. Put do a sauce That's what I do. and put cheese <laughs> on it. Yeah. Wait, uh, just cheesy pasta, like no sauce no, or no. Yeah. Okay. no cheese no, on top of the pasta. No, no mushrooms. No. no, no, no bacon lardons. You gotta no. have what? Mm. That's when I'm feeling exceptionally lazy. That, that sounds it, horrible. Spice it up a bit. I mean, as, as much as I like cheese, that sounds really dull. <laughs> Like a cheese I mean, sandwich, except with pasta instead of bread. <laughs> what, you're making like a lasagna? You're just getting like the two flat bits of pasta and then just putting cheddar in the middle. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like macaroni cheese, right? Well, but that's like is. a whole bake where you put loads yeah. of cheese in there. Yeah, no, Gnome does a good mac and cheese as well. So, you know, sure. But we do it with a little bit of mustard and again, yeah. just bacon, just put bacon and mushrooms in pretty much anything we do. Well, <laughs> so, yeah. so um, but I totally regressed almost entirely back to 
microwave meals. <laughs> Ooh, really? So, yeah, at one point, because they're so nice <laughs> and they're so cheap. Uh, I? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I only buy them from. Chicken and bacon makes that's uh, the only one that's good. I only buy them. No, from that wasn't Marks even a microwave meal. Chicken and bacon. Well, that's with, sorry, technically with... microwaveable. Yeah, sorry, Dan. We were talking over you there. What, what was that? I only ever buy them from Marks and Waitrose, which you'd think would be insanely expensive, but they're actually like two, three quid each if you. Um, yeah, that's not. That's okay. And and I mean, like, we were doing that thing for one as actually quite hard. Um, yeah. Oh, otherwise. absolutely. Yeah. But no, so I have my my attempt, I, and I've realised this is ridiculous. I need to be able to cook. So I've gone for that. Um, I'm trying out one of those services where they send you all the ingredients in the right amounts. Okay. And, and well, that's the, only like once a week, isn't it? But uh, no, they send you a box with like three uh, meals. Oh, in. cool. So it's three times a week. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm getting into that. So that forces me to get equipment and shit. So I've got a knife and all the shit I need. Which one are you using? Because we're not sponsored or anything. So. <laughs> uh, HelloFresh is the one I'm trying. Okay. And uh, it's pretty good so far. I'm enjoying it so far. HelloFresh. HelloFresh. They have like different options. Like they, I'm, I'm Wait. getting the ones that are like. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. You can get like. Um, Ones Me. that take a bit longer to prepare and ones that are like supposedly 25 minutes or whatever. Okay, definitely have that one then. Yeah, I definitely got the shorter one. and uh, But of course, with me, I'm like a bit slow at everything. So I'm like cutting up all the stuff first <laughs> rather than in parallel. Oh, so yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at that. Yeah. Like, like, that's, if, that's the one thing like No Moise has a go at me about. Like when I, do, I cook very rarely, rarely these days. But when I do, it takes forever. <laughs> yeah, so I'm taking my time with it, but it's working quite well. And my other, uh, you know, how you need to get like stuff to like make you do things. I don't know about you, mm. but uh, my other in- thing that instigated it, apart, quite apart from kitchen equipment, is like a Sonos speaker, so I can listen to music and podcasts while I'm cooking, <laughs> which is good. Oh, but, I, but I find that that's actually you've kind got of, you've that got kind that of negates, stereo. Yeah, I've got, I've got that stereo set in my kitchen, which is fine, but like. I find that by the time you get to the actual real deal cooking part, like you've done with the done with the cutting up and things, you've got to turn on like extractor fans. And yeah, and you can't hear make anyway. Things make noise. Yeah, and it's but it's like, enough to make it like the cook the cutting part a bit more nicer. Yeah, what what you need is some um, more cow funk by uh, some cow funk. Is it like is it like yeah some cow funk by is it buck shot buck fast not buck fast I don't know I forget what they're called now anyway something la funk. Can't even or remember. Or Funk or something, La Funk. <laughs> Men in Black theme. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, wasn't it more team thicker by some Carl Funk? Team. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's the, that's the way around it is. Yes. Why am I thinking about Buckshot La Funk? Then? What is that? Is that, that must be another one of their tracks. Yeah, it must be. Anyway, yeah, it's good. I will report back with further. Although, I, I messed up and I forgot to choose, because you get a choice of three meals out of six. Mm. Uh, options and I forgot to make the right options, so they just sent me three random ones, I guess. And one of them had peanuts in, so I was like, ah, damn, I had to let Gary eat that one. Uh, but never mind. And also, they sent it middle of the week because they were, uh, I wanted them delivered on Monday and it was bank holiday Monday. So ah. it's like, ah, get through them. But I guess I'll get more tomorrow. Done two weeks so far. It's pretty good. Uh, what, what have you had? What have you made? Oh, uh, let me see. I've got all the things. One of them was steak with this like chipotle sauce thing and like oh, sweet yeah. potatoes and peppers. It was delicious. Oh my god, that was so nice. Um, and there was like a pasta with um, tiger prawns or whatever. 
That was pretty good. And then last one was some kind of Brazilian, but it was just like a, uh, rice, <laughs> a Brazilian, Brazilian a small child thing. <laughs> it was some kind of beef mince thing, you know, and tomato, and then it went on rice or whatever. So it's, but I don't know what made it this specific like Brazilian dish. Some some ingredients, I guess. But uh, t- I was laughing the first week because all of the recipes involved a part of cream fraiche. Cream fraiche. <laughs> I was like dancing around, going. Well, how is it? La 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 la. What cream fraiche? Cafeteria fraiche. Cafeteria fraiche. Oh, fuck yeah! I love that. So did I? I don't know if I've ever mentioned it on the podcast, but Jay once made me a T-shirt that just has cafeteria free shrimp. Yeah, I did. And then my and then my face for some reason (laughs) customized. Yeah, yeah. Was it your? Was it a South Park version of you, or was it like? Well, sort of. It was sort of like he he basically did sort of like a black and white sort of outline drawing of my face. (laughs) Something that could have been made in. In a jackpot game. Yeah, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Nowadays. Fairly crude. Get those printed out in seconds. Cafeteria free. So you know what this means? There's the potential for some kitchen bitching from me in future. Although I haven't yeah. had much bitching so far. Uh, you've seen my kitchen. It's way too big and, um, and awesome to, to waste <laughs> on, on just using the microwave. In fairness, <laughs> yeah, you might have, the, have an advantage over me because like, part of the reason why I take so long to, to, to cook mm. stuff is because I feel like I'm constantly cleaning up after myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've Whereas got you've got, your, yeah, your kitchen's yeah. so big, you it's can make ridiculous. it a hell of a mess. <laughs> yeah, totally. And then clean it up later. Yeah, defer that. I've got like although, multiple although, surfaces. Although that second part is where I would fail also. <laughs> The cleaning up after part doesn't. It's like I've eaten now. I'm done. That's my yeah, yeah. Over. It's over. You now. have a dishwasher yeah. though, so you can at least deal with most of the stuff. I just chuck it in there. Uh, yeah, surprisingly, surprising how much stuff you can't put in. Yeah, there, it really. is surprising. Well, that's because you've not bought the right things. Well, no, if you have anything that's Teflon coated, you can't dishwash that because Teflon's poisonous. Well, exactly, but you, uh, don't, <laughs> you need other types of yeah, ceramic covered for something or whatever. A what? <laughs> a ceramic covered. Yeah, something that's not Devlon, but okay. it's still non-stick. Yeah. Well, that's fine. We can, yeah, we can. You can do that with like the if you're doing like a tray bake or whatever. The trays you use for that, are like ceramic or because the only reason you've got the only reason whatever. that you have stuff that isn't dishwasher safe is because you had the stuff before you had the dishwasher. True. <laughs> I expect if you were going to buy something now, you'd check to see whether it was dishwasher safe True. beforehand. But also, like things like big knives and stuff like that are actually kind of an ass to put in a dishwasher because it's like yeah. where did they go? Where's where's the, the proper shelf for a big ass knife? And also, so you have to be a bit careful, you know, grabbing them by the handle and everything when you're trying to take them out of the dishwasher and stuff. Mm. Obviously, it's, it's kind of easier to wash sharp knives. Some by of our hand. plates are too big for the dishwasher. <laughs> do they <laughs> hit the you have rotating so many thing? Plates that you could just pick whatever plates you want. They do hit the rotating thing, yes. But I bet when we, if we ever come to doing more plate shopping, the problem will, will not be. Or the consideration will not be the size of plates, so we're very likely to fall into that hole again. Hmm. Well, supposedly, if you have smaller plates, then um, you like if you have a smaller plate of food and you finish it, you feel more full or just as full with less food than if you had a bigger plate. Maybe. I mean, the, 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 hopefully, the, yeah, hopefully, the intent would be that you would make less food in the first place. Yeah, and then the because you know, with with me, it's like, well, I've made all this food, so I'm going to put it all on a plate. Yeah, exactly. And and I'm a bit of an empty plater, you know. I don't, Me too. I don't, I, don't, I don't really leave stuff. So whatever See, I make, I eat. 
this is where this hello first thing is quite good they, it's a generous portion but like i'm not going to accidentally make way too much mm. because it just comes in the exact right amount never never trust one of those spaghetti portioners mm. it's like that seems no. like a lot of spaghetti for like one person just use you know um, scales <laughs> easy <laughs> So I well, always do or, quite or a do, lot, though. Do I do like 125 grams of, of pasta for me. But then always take some out. <laughs> That's why I do. It's like, yeah. like we just use the portion or chuck, chuck a rough amount in, but then always take a handful back. <laughs> I do that with my breakfast, actually, a lot of mornings. So I have a tendency of just, you know how, what syrup, pouring cereal is like? You just sort of goes, would you in a bowl? And if it feels really satisfying, then you look at it and go, quite a lot of cereal. <laughs> Put a bit back on the box. What? <laughs> yeah, doing? I don't know because I don't eat cereal. It's like you so. <laughs> pour cereal in a bowl, and it's, it's like it's a bowl's worth of cereal. It's not any there's no, not I'm, a portion I'm, size to deal with. There. No, but I have quite deep bowls. Put the milk in there. Then, well, that's you've got bad bowls. Is your problem? Then. I got bowl ass. Bowls, <laughs> that's so your like... problem, Rob. You got bad bowls. Inflammatory <laughs> bowl disease. But I got yeah, they're nice bowls, but they are a bit big. Requires some judgment, and also I don't think that's true of all cereal, right? Like, because some cereal is of well, different density. On, yes, depends if you're going for particularly dense cereals. Or yeah, still, it, cereals that are mostly sugar, like Cheerios, as we previously discussed. It's like Sainsbury's Honey Nut Crisp stuff I've had at the moment. Like those crisp cereals are often fairly light because they're sort of puffed up, puffed out a bit. But this this Sainsbury's one is basically like dust, so it just just fills the bowl, and it's like, oh, that's, that's all cereal. Frosted cereal, cereal, on the hand. Fill the bowl with that shit. But not because it's good for you or anything. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> it's the worst. But boy, Frosted, frosted Trace is king of cereal. I don't know if it is any longer. I bet... Well, I what bet beats the Frosted Trace? I bet the Frosted Trace aren't as good as they were when we used to have them as children. <laughs> no, you're almost certainly not. Yeah, I think there was, I think there was, there was so much frosting on the original Frosted Treadies that there was like a, a crispness that you couldn't get rid of. Well, you know what I mean? They bit into it and, and they bit, you bit into a Frosted Treadie and it bit back. <laughs> but, <laughs> like that cheeseburger for something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the burger bites back. Damn. Yes. But I think like... I remember distinctly when I used to eat frosted trees dry because I was well healthy at the time, clearly, and still am. <laughs> and it's gross. Man, just use skimmed if you're going to do that. But no, just that's gross there in fairness. <laughs> you eat them dry because you want dry cereal. You don't want the inconvenience of having to have milk. And also not at breakfast. <laughs> eat cereal that. anytime dry. Sure. There's a, there's a theory you should probably eat that as, a, as dinner, actually, as tea. Like have 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 a have your big meal in the middle of the day and cereal as your as your ender. That's not really the same thing, but fine. Yeah, but you know, cereal. Any, any time to, of the day is cereal day. When I used to wait, eat dry frosted treadies, it'd be like you you'd go through the bowl and be like, okay, let's eat the least frosted ones first and leave the ones that are basically all frosted oh, to yeah, last. Yeah. <laughs> I used to do that all the time. The, the best the best cereal would do that tactic with is Kellogg's frosted wheats. Because they they bear, they have a highly variable level of frosting on those things, so it's so yeah you definitely want to leave the super crusty ones till last, where there's like several mills of coating. Yeah. Several mills. Several millimeters of pure sugar grossness. Chocolate frosted sugar bombs. Set one of those on fire. Snow on my frosted wheats. I want. I want... <laughs> 
I don't want it to be smothered. I want, a, I want a drift of frosting. You guys know Anand, right? Of course. Yeah. So um, he uh, he works at De Beers. Um, the rest of the world might not. Just let you know. Helpful. So he works at De Beers, which is like a obviously quite rich thing, as they sell all the diamonds <laughs> in the world. Uh, <laughs> the diamonds. And uh, so, and they have a canteen which is all subsidised, and I think no, I think it's all free, like it's all paid for, and with mm. reasonably nice food. I think so. During the week, he has a big meal at lunch for free, and then he goes home, and then he just eats all bran. So he doesn't have anything at home except all bran. <laughs> wow. And that's what he's done for years. All he eats is all bran. Huh. I don't know if I could eat it for both breakfast and... I don't I know if I'm he even good. has I only have toast like for breakfast and toast for the last meal, I guess. Yeah. So I'm pretty much already doing that. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> You're the bready version. Yeah. Plus cheese. Plus cheese. And marmite. And mushrooms and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I just have sausage and mash and pizza. <laughs> There's three things. No, two things. Two things. Yeah. I mean, technically, sausage and mash could be two separate meals. I guess, yeah. You're feeling particularly lazy. <laughs> I have just sausages and. <laughs> or does the gravy count? <laughs> Maybe. You put gravy on both of those two parts and it would make both of them better. You know, I'm st- <laughs> I've still. I've always been highly tempted and I've still never done the thing where I just want a mug of gravy. <laughs> because oh. you don't actually. That's the thing. Like, I, think, I, I sort of always, every time I make gravy or like I'm in the presence of gravy, I think, yeah, that's going to be a pretty good idea. Because we make it in a mug, which doesn't help. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's just the right portion to use one of our small our small mugs. And it's just like, uh, yeah. So I'm sort of tempted to like, I could just have this. <laughs> okay, so this week fairness, I'm I, having... I like- I kind of mustard like sausages, so that's bangers and mash. Nice. I'm getting bangers and mash delivered. Oh, how are they doing the mash? Telly. Well, let's find out. I can zoom yeah, in. Yeah, what, what's what's in the mash? Like, is it let's like see. is it a mustard mash? Is it like a buttery mash? Is it a herby? M&M? Well, it's honey mustard sausages, so they have mustard in already. The sausages. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. This is the age-old question: Is there? Is it you put a mustard mash with mustard sausages? Is it too much mustard? Is it too much? Well, it includes potato, beef stock, Let's small sweet potato, potato, red onion, broccoli. Oh, they're, they're doing a mix. Mm. A potato yeah. mix. You want some? You want some rosemary and um, weirdly. You want some pork seasoning in that mash. <laughs> Only you want pork seasoning in a lot of oh, things. I love that stuff. Bacons. I love it. Oh, no, I haven't had. Bacon. Oh god, I haven't had. I haven't uh, bacons. Bacons. They're like the bacon bits. I haven't had those for god knows how many years now. Um, yes, but that's, sorry, that's why you want gravy, and that's why you want to make a gravy essentially yeah, because I mean, you're addicted to salt meat. Salt based. It is salt. salt. Meat. Yeah. <laughs> Because you, you got me thinking, actually. Or like, like Bacos might be a great sandwich accompaniment. Like, just the, the well, sandwich. Yeah, sandwich like, yeah. just have them in the sandwich by themselves. Well, I think I'd, gross, I but... think I'd like like make a ham sandwich or whatever. But then it's like, <laughs> this, this sandwich needs and a little bit too ham. Yeah, Jesus. needs a little bit more crunch to it. So I'll just add a, have a, have a light amount of Bacos in there. We won't put Bacos in a cheese sandwich. <laughs> well, that would work too. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, it's essentially bacon. But as everyone knows, you put bacon in pretty much. Everything. So no content. No part of a baker is bacon. Yeah, it's like bacon. It's basically just the salt part. 
It's the, it's the, salt, it's the salt with bacon flavor. It's the salt and burning. That, <laughs> that makes the two composite parts of the bacon flavor. I just love salt. Yeah. What's the difference between a sieve and a strainer? Hmm. I every time I have to check oh, this, I have the equipment. <laughs> it's it's like a strainer, the one with the big holes, and a sieve is the one with like the grill. Well, there's a colander, isn't there? That's got big oh, holes. Yeah, no, that's no, that yeah, that's the one I'm getting confused over. Colander's the big that's holes the thing. Difference. I don't know. One you wear on your head <laughs> to keep to keep the cosmic rays out. Right. Let's Stop use the, the mind old... bullets. Versus strainer. Oh, are they going to fight? A strainer is a form of sieve. Useful. <laughs> oh, brilliant! God damn it. But but what's the def- what's the what's the difference? It's a form of sieve that what? I don't know. Strainer. Man looks at thing on the internet. Yeah. Used to separate solids from liquids. What? <laughs> right. Um, in all, um, most of these for that. On all sieves do that. No, I guess in, even not. a colander. Well, I suppose in a sieve, you sometimes used to like thin out flour, right? So the yeah, solid's still, the maybe. solid's still coming through solid. Yeah, I guess just, maybe that's it. Maybe it's just, just the fineness of it. Yeah. Fascinating. Anyway, amazing. Yeah. Maybe a colander is a type of strainer, which is a type of sieve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see the Venn diagram of that stuff. <laughs> it's probably a hierarchy. Who is who is King Sieve? Right. <laughs> Who's the king utensil in general? And uh, I like this. They got they give you a list of the <laughs> things you need, and they tell you you need a plate. <laughs> Great. Arguably, <laughs> yeah. arguably you need a plate. You could just shove it straight. You shovel it straight in your mouth. It's like a like a like a pot bake or whatever, or stew or something. Just to get out of the pot. Yeah, exactly. Could do. Yeah. Pretty difficult. I imagine if it's a deep pot, but. Oh, I better not look at this. I'll start getting hungry for stuff that hasn't doesn't. Well, considering we've talked about food for like half yeah. an hour and we haven't eaten anything yet, and it's like half six. <laughs> I think it, it might be time to talk about uh, video games. I hear that that's the topic of this particular podcast that we've been doing for Apparently, a long time. I still haven't seen that player Ready Player One, so you're you're, you're going to skip film section this week, Hooray. Because there's no there's no video game films that I've watched. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear about that. All vaguely related to video games. (laughs) I keep hearing things about that. I'm not sure I care. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm hearing generally good things. Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I'm just going to say, talk about how much I don't care. Oh yeah, I watched Isle of Dogs and it's cool. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) recommended. Respectful. Yeah, not. Maybe I'm just more used to it, but it doesn't seem as twee as some of his older stuff. I guess not. It's just, yeah, it's just good. (laughs) Yeah. Respectful. And the sushi scene was cool. Yeah. Uh, Completely unnecessary, but glad it's there. But cool. And the quite graphic um, kidney transplant scene for some reason. Uh huh. That was cool too. Although that is giving the false impression that you can do a kidney transplant in like 20 seconds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the surgeon simulator, but... But, but successful. <laughs> Very successful, yeah. Successful. I mean, you're not in the back of a moving ambulance whilst trying to take someone's And you out. haven't chucked out all the other organs in the process of getting to the kidney. <laughs> yeah. Classic. 
Yep, go see that. I do, I do wonder if Surgeon Simulator is just far more easier if you play in VR. Depends what the control scheme is like then. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It's as if they've changed it up to be weird in VR as well. well. The controls are only really like about rotating your hand and grabbing the fingers. Yeah, but by default you have like the whole each individual finger and like you I can mean you can and, yeah. like <laughs> yeah and do and do crazy hand actions yeah hand wave. But yeah, it's all about the rotation. Whereas all the rotation aspect is taken away in VR because it's like that's what you do. How far are they getting with VR controllers with the individual finger stuff? I mean, I don't know, actually. I don't think anyone... I don't think Vive and Oculus have really... not. Well, they're probably researching it. I bet Oculus will be ahead on that stuff. But mm. I don't think they're really... They're really I think one of the, the weirder third-party guys are saying we've got more finger control. Mm. Well, I can't remember which. That Star Wars VR experience that I did in Westfield, mm. I think that that had you could see your individual fingers moving, and I thought that was like a trick or that it was just a camera, uh, right. or, and it was like make because it looked like you were wearing gloves. But I was wondering if it was just like okay, it can They had some sort of actuator in the glove itself to be like oh finger closed. No, finger I wasn't. Closed. I wasn't actually wearing gloves, but it looked like oh. in because I was a stormtrooper in VR, it looked like I was wearing black gloves, but I could move my f- fingers individually and see them move perfectly. Mm. And I was like, how does that work? And I thought it was some kind of trick where it's actually video and they're just like doing a, you know, changing the colors to black and it is actually my finger or something like that. But I think it might actually have been, I think my brother said afterwards he'd looked into it and it might be Elite Motion that's integrated into the Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah um, into that. Because I suppose no expense is spared on those things. Because mm. it's like a ride. It's basically like a theme park ride. Yeah. Um, so at, that was a pretty cool combination of technologies, to be honest. It's pretty nice. I imagine they're using the same stuff in, I don't know anything really about the, what the, mag, the Magic Leap. Is it headset thing they're making is that like a, a like a hololens type device i don't yeah i don't really know oh but, right are they trying to do a hololens thing yeah i think so. there's, is, there's, isn't there? yeah there's, there's, some, there's something there? big coming from the magic league guys okay. and there's been in you know no one's really seen a great deal of but anyone who comes away from using it going oh they're onto something sweet if any microsoft would hurry up and do whatever they're doing yeah because <laughs> well, apparently they're not yeah well that was super well, HoloLens, HoloLens is more a research project at the moment, yeah. isn't it? They just push; they, they want to push that stuff. Um, I mean, I did try. I think, the they, I think they, it was super early. Yeah, and I think they know the software side is going to be a real ball ache. Um, even though you know every copy of Windows 10 supposedly has Windows Hollow built into it now. Oh yeah, and but, Skype has like a HoloLens button or something for some yeah. reason, which is really stupid. Oh yeah, because Windows 10 has all the 3D model viewers and stuff for no reason. Mm. And like, you open up My Documents, and every everyone in the world on their business machine has like a folder that says My 3D Models or something. Yep, <laughs> it's pretty weird. For some reason, I never used that thing okay. in pre like for. I just want to. The problem is with Paint 3D is the one time it launched on on my laptop after it installed or whatever. It was just like, but I just wanted paint. Yeah, I, I know. Need any of this. I don't I want a lightweight program to just do this thing. I guess I'll use paint.net. <laughs> well, fair enough. Paint.net's pretty okay. Yeah, it's 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 all right. It's not it's not particularly high quality, but it can 
I'm sure there were more features on PaintShop Pro 7 or whatever we used. Oh, by far. PaintShop Pro 9 was the last I used when that was about. And it was... I don't know, I might have used X. PaintShop X. I can't remember. PaintShop Pro Um, 7, like, started really fast. (laughs) Yeah. It was a a really good bit of software. Um, I think it got taken over by Corel. Right. When, they were, when Corel Draw was a competitor, um, and the two ended up being well, PaintShop I think ended up being split off into more of a photo editing package. Yeah, exactly. While Corel tried to keep the um, that sort of the illustration side, mm. um, even though I think those those later PaintShop products were actually just had all the features of the previous PaintShop ones as well, but they were marketed as photo editing. Yeah, um, like a cheap Photoshop. Yeah, and I never got on with Corel Draw at all. Hated no. that thing. Um, admittedly, I only remember using the very early versions of it, but yeah, found it found it a complete nightmare. Um, but I yeah, was, like, I always really liked it. And like yeah, the problem great. I had is like the, the problem was is it had a really logical and really sensible way of laying things out. That the moment I moved to Photoshop, my world collapsed. Right, because it's, it's like, like what what Photoshop is just so yeah. And I guess unless it's the only program you've ever used. <laughs> which is probably true of a lot of people these days. It's like, yeah, Photoshop's just so intimidating. And it's funny, all our designers in digital or like I ever worked with would only ever use Photoshop, but now finally they're all using Sketch. Um oh, really? Which is like, yeah, which is like mm. the vector, you know, it it's a vector one, but it's like yeah. better than Illustrator and like they can put together designs really nicely on that. Um, and then if they need to do actual image retouching, they'll go back to Photoshop. But generally, everyone works in Sketch now. It's it happened quite quickly, like over mm. a couple <laughs> of years. But now Sketch is the is the design tool of choice everywhere, including least, in the yeah. bank, like everywhere. I suppose so, at least from software design perspective. UI design, like pu- yeah, yeah. Publication yeah. design. Yeah, no one's using it to make magazine covers or anything. But yeah. or maybe they are, but yeah. Or for, for, but for like website and app design, which is my thing, uh, it's all sketch now. And yeah, it's a lot more lightweight and better. And free? it's got it's got a nice I need a prototype tool. It's not free, but it's like seventy Ass. quid or something. Or or no, I think it's licensed, I can't remember. But it's a lot cheaper than Photoshop, that's for sure. Mm. Yeah, um, and it's it's any, any of those Adobe licenses are a bit ridiculous these days. I don't like these subscription models for it because I don't I don't mm-hmm. move with the I don't need to move with the software as often as it updates or anything like that. You, like I prefer like buy, buy a version of Photoshop or whatever, and you're going to have it for like a long time because yeah. it's not, like the, the 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 feature you might want in the new version probably many 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 years away <laughs> yeah but they've got rid of all that it's all subscriptions oh, yeah, it's, yeah it's, a, it's it's horrible don't like it do not want software software speak of software there's a sort of kind of software that you can use to entertain yourself games let's go back called games for like the fourth time games and we have news about them no, we do don't. we <laughs> Okay, fair. We don't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I guess the pre E three lull has begun until the leaks start happening. The lull begins. <laughs> uh, what, so what can we really mention? The Spyro the Dragon remaster that I think we talked about as being leaked in the past, mooted. Uh, yeah, it is actually a thing. Yep, 
in September, it, I think it was. So everyone who didn't have an N64, so were forced to play Spyro instead of Mario, can relive <laughs> that stuff. I remember the original Spyro being surprisingly okay. Yeah, of course it was. I think it was fine. God knows how it's aged. I really don't know if it holds up, but I remember it being a fairly high-quality product. Yeah, I think it was pretty decent. But, I mean, when you could be playing Banjo-Kazooie or Donkey Kong 64, mm. I don't know. <laughs> I think Donkey Kong 64 is that <laughs> okay, fair enough. That's probably about on the same level. Probably about the same, yeah. The 64 was pretty good, in fairness. Mm. It's like Banjo-Kazooie level good. I don't know if it is. I think you might be remembering that slightly. I mean, yeah, it, <laughs> it, it had some problematic elements for sure, like all the character switching stuff. But then Banjo Kazooie had a lot of super irritating mechanics in it as well. So I'm putting I'm putting it on that level in my head. What else was there? Krog. <laughs> Spyro's got to be well, better Krog, than Krog, right? Well, Krog, yeah, Krog was super early, like in in the um, timeline of 3D platformers. I think it pre. I think we've talked about this before, and I think it predates Mario, because um, it had like tank controls and stuff like oh, that. Right. Okay, it was you know when the PlayStation didn't have analog sticks. Mm. Crop was all right, challenging, so, but but all right. Some cute animation. You should play Crop at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but now Spyro is returning. Yeah, but I don't have a PlayStation, so it's fine. <laughs> well, it might come out on PC. Actually, no, they, they, yeah, well, it might come out on the Switch. <laughs> yeah, in fairness, like, the, the, like one of the leaks about Spyro was that you know some Xbox box art got out there, and um, but it was it was heavily. I don't think they. I can't remember if they've actually officially said what platforms it's coming out because it was heavily hinted that it might be like a PlayStation exclusive, like for a little bit anyway, like Crash was. Mm. Um, no, oh, I don't know that much detail. I don't care that much to know that detail. Right. Um, <laughs> Spyro is all right. Give him, he's the best Skylander, probably. <laughs> so you don't know that either? No. I'm just going to go over it. Everyone likes Drobot, supposedly. All right, that's the one that uh, Gersman likes, isn't it? Yeah, I'm all about it all the time. Uh, what else is going on? Spider-Man's coming out. Some, it's about the same time as Spyro. Spyro-Man. Spyro-Man. Yeah, Spider-Man. I'm still kind of excited about Spider-Man. It still <laughs> looks like they've... Um, still looks like they're giving Spider-Man the Batman Arkham Asylum treatment. It does, uh, yeah. And Insomniac made some good stuff in the past, including open-world city games. So, Sunset um, Overdrive, come on! Yeah, and the footage looks pretty good. So still optimistic about Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, pretty pretty high hopes for that. Yeah. Possibly too much high hopes yeah. for that. Oh probably. Yeah, it'd probably be disappoint some people, but I'm not I'm not crazy. <laughs> crazy <laughs> hyped. You? No, definitely not. Crazy okay. hype for Red Dead. <laughs> yes, this this much is true. Does that put off your? Does that change your decision then? Because before we went on air, you were talking about getting a PlayStation for Spider Man and Red Dead rather than an X for Red Dead. Yeah, because Spider Man's not on. No, tr- sure, but yeah, but yeah. Yeah, the, well, the I was already Red Dead will come out on the X. Arguably, but I mean, it's still the games, version. and like I want to play Uncharted and um, uh, 
Last of Us and Wipeout and mm. Shadow of the Colossus, and I don't think there's anything I want to buy on Xbox. Yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll have bought myself a 4K TV for those. <laughs> Man, I've, I've got. I think I might have come out at the other side of having a real problem about constantly looking up and reading about 4K TV, mm. despite the fact that only my PC could drive it at the moment. Um, and I don't think my PC can drive HDR yet. Because I don't know if there are any HDR games actually that mm. can run on PC. Um, like, I don't think Sea of Thieves PC, for instance, supports HDR. I don't know of any like PC stuff that supports HDR at all, actually. Maybe yeah, that's not a thing yet. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, it must be down to the graphics card to actually output that information, right? Yeah. Or it must be down to the HDMI standard, but surely that's fine, right? How does it work? Sure. If, 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 I mean, if that's built in, if like a high enough HDMI spec is built into the card, card, yeah, which I think will have been in the 1070 and 1080 series. I think I expect so. You've probably already got like, it. Uh, I think as long as they're HDMI 2.0 and upwards, you're okay for HDR. HDR. Uh, I need to call it HDMR. I don't know what that would be. High dynamic mushy range, <laughs> medium range. <laughs> I am medium. Uh, high dynamic, medium range. There's a, there's a dash in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, so I don't know about that, but I've, yeah, I've got a real thing about it. The problem is the TV I wanted, hmm. this lovely um, 49 inch Sony thing, reasonably priced as well. Uh, last year's model now, but quite nice set. Seen it in the wild. Was quite impressed. Yeah, you can't get it. Like, mm. anywhere. That particular model seems to have disappeared off the face of the planet, and Sony's 2018 lineup, uh, for the equivalent, have dropped the 49-inch model, meaning, oh no, I might have to get a 55-inch model, but Gnome says that's too big. Well, 55 <laughs> seems to be the standard, right? It's the yeah, it is. The two it is op- like two options, right? It does seem to be like the entry-level 4K. Because um, it's got it's, no it's... bezel on it or whatever. It'd probably be the same size as your current TV. Oh no. No, I've measured it. It's a lot bigger. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I mean that's yeah. I mean the one I, the one that seems to be the one over the past couple of years is the like because it's actually not insanely expensive. Is the LG right OLED fifty five inch? Sure, but I have concerns about those. So I've I've moved away from my original plan was to to get an OLED, and sure they're nice, but the more I've looked into it and stuff, like the 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 risk of burning on OLEDs is still there enough. Oh, really? That I'm, that I'm a little dissuaded from it. How are you going to get a b- burning from like. Well, the problem the is, is games. Or something? Oh, right. Because right. bits of HUD and stuff will stay right. on screen for a reasonable amount of time. And right. some reports about burning on OLEDs are really bad, um, whereas others aren't, aren't so bad at all. Like most people are like, ah, you'll, you'll never play anything enough for it to be a problem. Or uh, just don't watch NBC, you know, stuff like that. Right, yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, I've seen. Admittedly, I'm, the stuff I've been reading have been extreme stress tests, and it did. But it didn't take long for those uh, tests to start producing noticeably horrid-looking, uh, you know, results when you just put the screen on a solid color, and it's just like, oh yeah, look, you can see all the problems here. So that sort of put me off a little bit, like spending all that extra money on something that might not be suitable for gaming. Yeah, fair enough. Well, so those Sony sets, super low latency. So, you know. Oh, right. That's important. That's a, that's a helpful point. 
Man, I didn't realize that the 55 inch is so much bigger than your one. I always consider your TV really big. <laughs> so mine's a, mine's a 40, and the bezel probably adds an extra three or four to that. Maybe. So you'd like talk even that, like, let's, even if we're being generous, that's like a 45 inch, mm. uh, you know, actual physical room estate. So that's like a 55 adds adds a good foot to that. <laughs> it's so kind of ridiculous, isn't it? That you can't get yeah. reasonable sized TVs anymore. They're all gigantic. The bit of me is like, okay, maybe like, so the argument is, is that, you know, for 4K, you need something that big, otherwise you're not going to notice. And I'm like, they're fair. Um, okay, well, maybe. I think I would notice. Hmm. And also, you know, aliasing becomes less of a thing. So whatever. I'm happy with that. <laughs> Is it that they just don't make 4K panels that are smaller? I mean, they do. Oh, they do for monitors, I mean. Yeah, they're about. Um, as I say, and there was that 49. That was lovely. But be damned if I can find one. Also, that's probably a good thing because it stops me from buying one. <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough. But now I'd have to pay more money for the 55 and, you know, risk annoying other people in my life. <laughs> With its enormity, but it's so beautiful. I mean, your TV has done pretty good service, right? <laughs> I mean, somehow it's still alive. I've actually lost track of how old it is. It's probably a decade old. Yeah, it is. Right, must be at this point. So I had it a good couple of years before I moved into this place, and I've been in this house eight years now. Hmm. So yeah, it's an old ass TV. With terrible backlighting issues by modern standards, but hell, it still works. So, yeah, that's the news. <laughs> TVs. I mean, Chrono Trigger came out on PC. Everyone hated it. Blah 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 blah. They're oh, doing wow. old, the original graphics patch, which is good. But Square should do that to their previous releases, like Final Fantasy V and VI, because they should. Final Fantasy VI is a good game, but it looks like garbage in that PC version. Don't play that version. Don't don't have you. Don't come into that game if you've never played it before and think that it always looked like garbage. It didn't. It looked fine. Get a SNES Mini and play it there. Um, or get you know the PlayStation version. You can probably find that a lot cheaper. Um, uh, and Spy Party is coming to Steam early access. Fine. Early access. How yeah, many they're calling years it. They're calling it. Uh, development. God, I'm at least ten. Right. Probably as long as I've had this TV. Such a simple concept as well. I've been gradually making it better and better. Like it is actually like dramatically improved, supposedly. Like it now looks like a game, <laughs> is what everyone was saying, rather than the weird sort of coloured polygon polygonal look it had in the early days. That's a thing. That's news. That's, that is literally everything I know about. I is there some, any Nintendo stuff? I saw some weird... Oh, I'm getting cramped in my toes. Oh, my God. <laughs> saw some weird... and Like, well, a couple of videos and a weird announcement. Well, first, the first weirdest thing was, like, when they announced that No Man's Sky is coming to Xbox. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Not only is that several years too late, it's also, like, who even wants that? <laughs> After all the talk about No Man's Sky. I mean, is it safe to say that it's a fairly different game now? I would assume it probably is, but I haven't actually played it again since the early days. But even so, that's crazy. I think they were saying there was another 
fairly large patch on the horizon for it as well. well but yeah. I can't I can't remember what was in it. They continue to try to keep updating it. Mm. I mean, in some respects, fair play to them for keeping going despite all the ridiculous back well, not ridiculous, somewhat justified backlash that that was received uh, upon its launch. Let's hope Sea of Thieves follows the same suit. <laughs> and then the other thing I saw a couple of videos of for maximum disappointment, or some disappointment, is like coming out of packs, the new videos of, of like uh, the new Meat Boy and new Bitrip Runner. Oh, yeah, yeah. They both look kind of weird and floaty and squiddy and not nearly as like. Not nearly as precise as yeah, you want them to be. Not mm. lot like precise and, and like. In both cases, the music is way worse than their previous oh, really? too. It's just like, ah. Oh. Do you reckon the Meat Boy team haven't brought Danny Baranowski back? Then? I don't know, possibly. Or is he just having a bad one? <laughs> or it could just be like, I mean, the first forest level. It's just like, I guess. For yeah. some reason, they gave, gave it a really like, a, like a really country vibe. <laughs> <laughs> like you could that. do a, a country esque vibe, but still give it some like the old bit, Meat Boy style. Yeah. But no, it went real country. It's slightly better in the Dark World version of it, because hmm. that's the thing, of course, because it's me quite good about. But country is in country and western. What do you yes. mean? Yeah. How does that work? Like some banjo. Yeah, like some banjo. Like quite a lot of banjo. <laughs> I get behind a bit of banjo every now and then. But yeah, both those games look kind of way too squidgy and kind of slow as well. It's just like, it just doesn't, they don't seem to be living up to the previous games, uh, what they were like. Weird. Like r- runner seems a lot more floaty and like well slower in general but there's also a lot more it has a lot more like alternate paths which is sort of cool mm. and like you know replayability not just right? different routes through the level but also like even different options for things to do inside those routes but then there's just like weird sections where you like you're riding on a rocket and you kind of lose the whole sense of the timing you're just literally Vertically moving up and down to collect the things or uh, avoid the things as you're flying along. But so that, that's not really. Isn't that that's a callback to the first bit trip? Well, thing, yeah, right? I guess, but it's not like the whole thing about those games kind of was just like you had these pretty much single button inputs for each of the four things you had to do, except for maybe the loops where you had to do the little loopy motion or the four angular loops. Hmm. It's just like it doesn't feel nearly as precise. And also, like, I'm not sure the style has gone quite as well because Runner 2 was weird, but it had a fairly decent style to it, I thought. But now it just seems like they've tried to keep that, but it just hasn't worked as well the second attempt. Hmm. What's that first game called? Is it Bit Treat Beat or something? Yeah, what something along those lines. Space Breakout? Yeah. Space Musical Breakout? That was the first game I managed to annoy a workplace with. Because I was playing it on my iPhone and it annoyed grumpy old man programmers in the room who were, who were like, whoever's making that incessant beeping had better stop it. And I'm like, it's rhythmic, man. This was early Rob, so I'd give <laughs> Early Rob. Yeah. The adventures of early Rob and the old man programmers. Yep. In fairness, this was the sort of programmer that would repeatedly argue about co-op not stocking their favorite breakfast cereal. So, you know, that kind. Yeah. <laughs> that kind. Uh, devs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, have you been enjoying the <laughs> getting off video games? But have you seen any of the Steam Tams memes? 
going around. Yeah, they're quite old at this point. Yeah, slightly old. In, but... in, in, in meme age, yeah. But I, I, you know what? I've seen that they exist. I haven't really seen them. Well, you don't really oh, need I've to see them. them. Some of them you are good. You can pretty much recite the entire scene after you've watched one of them. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, oh, I could definitely <laughs> Once do you've that. been reminded of the scene, you're like, yeah, yeah. I know every single word. Mm. Now it's just how you're going to remix this. Well, the latest one was, I think, GameSpot or someone or IGN managed to get Jeff Goldblum, oh, Jeff Goldblum. Yeah, yeah. To, to read the script. Like he was promoting Isle of Dogs, I guess. And he... No, he was promoting Jurassic, Jurassic World. Oh, um, Jurassic whatever World. that game's called. Yeah. Uh, Evolution, I think it's just yeah, called. For um, some reason. Yeah. Oh, right. I can't really anything to do with Evolution. Oh, yeah. Cause... That was weird because he was being interviewed by all these games journalists. It was really weird. Yeah. Larry Herbwin got... did it for Xbox. And Aoife mm, did it like for Eurogamer. That was quite funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like Eva. She's cool. Anyway. Yeah, she's super cool. She occasionally fact, does the super awkward um, when you go to EGX and they have the big video wall saying, hey, here's the stuff you can see. And they're doing that sort of semi-jokey, sort of half-scripted, like overhand way. Yeah, she sort of does that. <laughs> it's oh, kind of bad, but kind slightly of Slightly hammy. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, it's not really her day job, is it? And she was on that. Um, I think I've mentioned. It. Do you remember when I talked about Video Game Nation? That weird, that video game show that Challenge TV tried to do. Oh a bit, yeah. That was that had um, uh, some of the, was it one of the one of the guys from the old uh, it, it was it Inside Xbox, the old video series they used to run. Mm, yeah. Uh, that, that, that was pretty right. cool. It had had like them on it, and I think it had IGN, one of IGN's uh, like driving reviewer on it and things like that. Is that not still kind of... doing that inside Xbox thing? I think that's still. Isn't it? They brought it back recently, right? Right. But it but it went off air for a very long time, and then they did something called outside Xbox, I think, for a little bit, which mm. was a different team, and then not really paid attention to any of that stuff. I only really watched the uh, occasional major Nelson update. But... Like, what's happening on Xbox this week? Patches to games I don't play. Okay, great. <laughs> there are there are a couple of uh, video game steamed hams. Like the Metal Gear Solid one's quite good. There's a Deus Ex one. Steam hams, but it's Deus Ex. <laughs> Is the steamed hams on a codec? <laughs> yeah, oh. the codecs evolved in that one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> and and info links in the Deus Ex one. Sorry, oh, getting the right way around. Hams. Right, are we done with news? Yeah. I think it's time for what you've been playing. Games! What you've been playing, Zeg, because you weren't talking as much. That's why I haven't done Well, uh, not much new. I mean, I played more of Factorio in various forms. Continued with C Block and all its ridiculousness. Going much easier the second time round, as I predicted. Where it's like I know what I need to do, and I'm going to build my factory in a more modular, compact way, where I'm not trying to build the most gigantic thing in one go. Right, makes it much more, much some much more smooth. <laughs> You're literally a programmer, Zach. I don't know why you play these. These games are just that's what you do in programming, right? I re- reminded myself the other day that that we have a feedback form on the HappySad.net page. Oh God, yeah. And that Zach was once approached for his mod work on Starbound. Yeah, yeah. yeah so through that. So yeah, that's technically programming, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've technically I mean, programmed several. I'm not even sure that's te- yeah. The word technically is even needed there. It's no, programming, man. It, that fully is. No, I just it just makes me laugh that you're always playing 
those Zactronics games and like and Factorio yeah, yeah, yeah. is essentially the same. You're basically refactoring your factory so that it's in different modules, right? So abstracting it into different parts, right? So that they can come together rather maybe than that's... trying to do it all in one giant file. It's the same maybe, thing. Maybe we could mod Factorio to be a, a, a code refactoring tool. So like you have to be very weird. You have to have very specific like packets of code that move along conveyor belts. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> They're just function calls. Fine. Very very slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what. I wonder if someone. I mean, probably inevitably someone has done some kind of ridiculous build a computer inside Factorio build. <laughs> Almost yeah. certainly. They can do it well, in Minecraft. Not... They can definitely do it in Factorio. Well, the, the thing about Doing it in factorials, you'd probably just use the circuit network, which is already just like it already has and an or gate. Oh, right. so you could just link them up and right. program stuff that way. Yeah. But that's not what you want. You want a physical computer. Yeah, exactly. Like how they did with Dwarf Fortress, where you had the dwarf operated computer. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. Did where it actually use used the dwarf. pathfinding of the dwarves and like had them where they stand on pressure plates, it would open and close certain doors <laughs> that would allow them to walk oh, through wow. the maze. <laughs> Of course, there must have been an element of errors, in, well, like, like to the dwarf computer, <laughs> to some extent, and obviously extremely slow. Mm. <laughs> you see, but is that Minecraft the... um, Atari Twenty Six Hundred emulator? Maybe. What? I don't remember, there's so many computer things that have been built in Minecraft at this point. It was obviously unbelievable, unbelievably slow, but they could get Atari Twenty Six Hundred games to render, <laughs> like in Minecraft, in blocks. Yeah. It's kind of amazing because obviously the block, the the cuts had just been dumped as a visual line of of blocks, mm. and that was how they were read in and things like that. So you could like actually look look at the data, and it's like, oh, that is clearly a space invader. <laughs> like, there's the visual data for a space invader. That's cool. Yeah, look that thing up. It's amazing. Mm. So there's that and. Uh... Rocket League, obviously. We, I actually finally managed to get Rob to come later. Come like, spring just event. in time yeah. for the spring event to end. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sort of binge on it to try and get my decryptors. Had a fairly decent session, couple of sessions. Right. Made, made some progress. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Probably should have stopped early last night, but you know, <laughs> I had that had the bug. I had to keep going. Yep. You, and then even then you didn't keep going long enough because then like pretty much as soon as you stopped Kippers turned up oh did he yep son of a well I, I had to sleep early well, yes. for my, I, had, I had to do had to do the middle aged thing of sleeping early for a 10k yeah yes oh, you would, it was actually going to be a weekend but you had to run 10k uh, but yeah, that you decided right. yourself so like, therefore I, you had to sleep I mean I mean, it was one of those races that I'd paid for the pain so you know all <laughs> <laughs> oh, right yeah. makes the pain worth it I mean I'm still questioning that now my ankles burn like Bloody hell! But mm. I'm gonna be hobbling probably for a day or two. I'm so unfit. <laughs> <laughs> apparently not. You just ran ten k. No, apparently not. Yeah, but I suffer every time. <laughs> ten thousand meters. Although. I do spend my entire time running those, get like constantly like assessing the racing line. It's like it's a way of keeping me focused on actually doing it and just being like, right, I need to make sure I cut this corner perfectly. (laughs) Oh, I see. So you're trying to make it. So you're not you're not actually going to run 10k. You're going to run very slightly less. Well, yeah, because I don't know how they measure them out. Right, they must have to measure them somewhat like sensibly, like just follow the 
Yeah, maybe. Or, or probably or they, down the or, middle, yeah. Well, no, because they, they put markings on the floor like every every so often. Like to be like, okay, these are the K marks or whatever, and they they seem like fairly precisely drawn out. So like, and I think in in, in for some race courses, they actually do have to go around with one of those measuring wheels. Mm. Like that's the, still the official way of doing it. And and I wonder like what, what part of the path did they or, or the road did they actually do that on? Did they have to hug the left edge because you know cars and stuff, or is it done from the middle of the road, which is probably how they do like proper racetracks and stuff so there's me in my head going well if i cut all these corners i'm like saving like maybe 200 meters over the course of this race <laughs> if i'm just racing lining it <laughs> anyway yeah rather well, you need you, you need to keep your mind occupied and then i guess the only other thing i played was i went back into zelda because nintendo did the did a precise attack where it was just like precise. You remember a couple of months ago where we allowed you to use your gold points to get discounts on Nintendo eShop purchases? Mm. It's an email that tells you that the gold points that you got for buying Zelda a year ago are about to expire. <laughs> so maybe now that you're thinking about Zelda and gold points expiring, maybe you should go and buy that DLC that you said you were going to, but didn't. Mm. <laughs> that last part was me, not the email. Maybe you can get a couple of pennies on it. It's not significant because I used all of the gold points for like ones I had for Splatoon and Mario as well. And then in. Yeah, I should probably do that thing for like Mario and Splatoon and just cash them in on the Octo expansion or something. Yeah. Not like a couple of quick off, yeah. I guess. Better than nothing. So yeah, went back into Zelda with the DLC, went straight into Master Mode because, you know, start over, why not? You haven't done the Champions Ballad stuff yet then? No. Okay, you're going to do that at the end of Master Mode? I don't know about the end. Sort of just find it out. In order to get to the Champions Valley, you do have to do all four Divine Beasts, so that's yeah. pretty much the end. <laughs> so I started into that. I bought that the other day, uh, the DLC. So starting into the Champions Ballad, but I'm only on the first area of that. I don't know if n- neither of you have played it, right? No, no, but what does that actually consist of? It's like, like big shrines, I think, isn't it? There's a bunch of shrines, quite a few more shrines, like 10 maybe or something. And then you, the, there is another like Divine Beast style dungeon and a boss and all that stuff. So mm. decent, I think. Um, well, or, I don't know, that doesn't sound like a huge amount of content. No, it's not what, huge. Talk, I like, think it 10 shrines seems a, bit, seems a bit underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, I think it disappointed people when it came out, but it does have some unique stuff and you know, in the world or whatever. Can't and of course, you'll get that sweet motorcycle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. So the first part is you start out on the Great Plateau, um, and with a weapon that kills instantly, but it gives you like zero health, so you die instantly. Oh, so it's a bit like Devil May Cry's like Heaven and Hell mode. Yeah, that's uh, cool. So and there's that's and there's like four different shrines. And and uh, you know bunches of baddies to to defeat that way and shrines to tackle with that restriction um, mm. on the Great Plateau. So I'm just doing that. I'm on like the third one, which is like a shrine full of guardians, and I die with a single hit of one of those stupid lasers. So <laughs> right. anyway, I mean that's I did get as far as well, yeah. getting, into, in getting into the stupid Master Sword trial. The first oh time, yeah yeah yeah. First well, that gets thing. ridiculous. Well, that's fucking impossible in Master Mode. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, Bad enough in Normal like The mode. first five floors are just like, you're using nothing but bombs. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> because cause no, it, even no. though you can get the weapons off the enemies, the weapons are so weak compared to the enemies, you just you use all the weapons up yeah. before you even kill anything. 
Yeah, because you you're telling me like that. Uh, I don't know if we've talked about Master Mode on here no. at all, but yeah, you were saying that those those opening enemies carry like obviously the terrible Bokoblin clubs and stuff, but because they're leveled up high enough that they um, their health is high enough, you can't actually use one of the weapons to kill them. No. Weapon breaks too early. So most of the time in Master Mode, you're just not even fighting, even more so than you did anyway, I guess. <laughs> or just running away. Yeah. I think I'm getting to the point where it like it's catching up. Like the weapons I'm finding are starting to be the mid and high tier ones. Mm. So I'm like, now I could probably fight an occasional thing if I want. But why bother? <laughs> mm. Still don't need to. It's going it's going so well so far. Well yeah. I mean I've like mainlined I went like got through the you know Kakiriko and, and Hatano and all that stuff and then I was like, okay, so what's my what do I need to do for this to make this yeah. yeah. To make it easier. Yeah. It was just like, okay, well, I'll just go straight to the Lost Woods so I can get get more inventory space, <laughs> right? <laughs> Mainly, and then then I was like, okay, obviously we're going to not go to the Zora's domain first. We're just going to go straight to the Rito Town and get the Rivali's Gale because the that's Gale. obviously right. the best power. Hmm. And then conveniently, just before I started doing that Divine Beast, I'd done enough shrines where I was like, oh, I can actually get the Master Sword as well <laughs> at this point. So I went back and got that before I did the first Divine Beast. It's like, oh, now I can kill this boss real easy. Because hmm. <laughs> I got the Master Sword. Although actually, I didn't even barely use the sword on it. I think I'd kind of forgotten that like, the, the Wind of Light cannon in that, the boss of hmm. that dungeon is like, super easy. <laughs> you just shoot him in the face of an arrow and he falls down. You just stab him and that's it. <laughs> it's yeah, like he barely even got an attack off. Is that the guy you fight on the outside of the thing? Yeah, on top. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he is super easy, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. That, that's a cool one. I don't remember though. him being super easy, but I remember being easier than the others. Because mm. the, like, you know, the lightning one is fucking impossible. Oh, God, that's a that's, that's bad boss fight. <laughs> the that's one where you have to, up. like, capture those bolts that are... Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. the annoying that, that, one. That is straight and up. you're fighting it inside the goddamn yeah. circular circular thing, thing, which is an absolute yeah. nightmare. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 a just, that's a straight up bad fight. And then the water one is okay. Just, that just has more mechanics, like more stages to I it. I mean, I the only problem I had with the water one was it was obviously the first one in the game I did. Yeah, and and I was still struggling with the camera and stuff at that point. <laughs> yeah, um, so it felt more like a bumbling idiot trying to get through that. Than... And then the fire one was kind of nothing again. It was like the, I barely remember that fight, which tells you how much difficulty that was. Hmm. What was it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. You find it on top of the fire lizard again. It's just pretty much just another fight. I think maybe I also, when I was fighting with like Gannon, I think maybe I like kind of forgot how powerful a bow which fires triple bomb arrows is. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> I had a couple of forest dwellers bows from the Lost Woods at that point, and they're like mid-tier on terms of damage output, but then you just put bomb arrows in it, and it's like, fire triple bomb arrows. Nice. <laughs> Shoot you directly in the face. And I did a really cool move, cool move for the last hit where it's like I jumped on the wind vent, paralyzed up, shot him with bomb arrows at fairly close range, and then just immediately Master Sword lunged downwards on top of him for the final blow. Nice. He's like, oh, that went well. <laughs> that probably looked real cool. Yeah. So, yeah, I got through that, and now I've got Rafali's Gale, and I'm pretty much good. That's, <laughs> that's all you need. I know I was a big fan, to be honest, I'm a big fan of Mephus Grace because it's just like, and I imagine like, like when you're playing in hard mode. When, if yeah, that would like, be helpful. You, ac- ac- you accidentally get into a fight you don't want to be in, and it's like it's fine. Insta res. <laughs> yeah, but like you still die in two hits from practically everything. Yeah, anyway. but you, you, you know, got another so chance to run hits. away. Yeah. <laughs> 
The only problem with it was the you know long recharge time. But... Well, yes, because otherwise it'd be too powerful. Yeah, but it doesn't matter anyway because you just make food. That was the second thing I did actually after I'd gone to Kakeriko and Heaven. I was like, I'll go straight to that mountain where all the resources are. <laughs> just harvest that place, get all the hearty durians, <laughs> and then I'll be good. Oh yeah, that mountain is key. <laughs> There's that, that one Conveniently, spot that's the on the way right. to Rito as Yeah, well. it is. Yeah. You go past there on the road. You can just quickly pass on, go over there and pick all the shit. Also, I got I got the I got the ancient horse armor as well. Did that fairly immediately for the bonus chests because you know that's that that actually makes horses useful because <laughs> you can just teleport the horse to wherever the fuck you are. <laughs> Don't need to worry about leaving it anywhere or putting it back in the stable and giving it out. Mm. Just call it to where you are. Just teleports in. Get a pro horse early. Yep. Mm. Teleport that shit around. <laughs> Red Dead style. <laughs> yes. Well, <laughs> you playing Red Dead style. <laughs> just whistle. Well, you just whistle when the horse turns up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Teleporting horsepower. That was awesome. Not quite as. <laughs> always just out of shot. <laughs> you just, you're, like, technically, what, what, what he's doing is he's just doing opponent's theme real quick. But, but yeah, I guess he's such such a good whistler that he's just like, whoosh, and he's like, oh, all oh, right, yeah, opponent's here, sweet. I do wish it was kind of a bit faster though, because it does the whole teleport animation like you do when you teleport with them. Oh, really? <laughs> ah, ta, ta. Yeah. So it's like it's good, but it still could be quicker. You can't do it in combat. You can't like have your horse just appear and jump on immediately and <laughs> run away. Does it cut scene it out, or does it just no? It just, just it, oh, that's not so bad. Just teleport yeah. in. And it usually faces the wrong way as well. It faces like <laughs> towards you. So you, right, you're, yeah. you're looking where you want to go. You, you have to turn it around. Look the other way. Yeah. So yeah, there's that. Let's see how well that goes. I don't yeah, know. If you look at a wall in an enclosed space, will it like teleport? Make sure it teleports right in front well, of I'm, you. Well, that's why I'm wondering about how like precise the teleportation does it, does is. It like, can on you, top of the mountain. Yeah, can you teleport it to places where you normally wouldn't be able to get a horse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seems like a bad idea. I was trying to capture that the stupid royal white horse, yeah. but I didn't have enough stamina to actually do it. But for ages, it, 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 for some reason, it had spawned on that field where you find it. It's yeah. sort of near by the side of that mountain, isn't it? By the side of that mountain, yes, near the horse statue. Yeah, but but it had spawned like on the other side of the road, so it was nearer the river. And it, for some reason, every time I tried to catch it, it kept trying to path down the side, like next to the river. But there's it's it. It clearly like can detect the steepness of the train or whatever. Like it knows the horse AI sort of knows the flat area that it should run around in. Mm. But there's just like one precise bit of polygon that goes down the side of that cliff, and it kept going down there and getting stuck. And then every time I tried to jump on it, and it threw me off, it like slide further down the hill until it eventually fell in the river. And I'm mm. like, that's probably not good. But it just swam across the river and climbed back up and walked back over the bridge. <laughs> it was like, okay, I guess that horse is fine. Didn't accidentally kill it. I haven't. I haven't done that. Uh, Can they swim? I think then? that's one of the few things I haven't done. Apparently, they have animation for it, or did it just yeah. sort of walk? Wait, they, they swim. Wow, that's cool. I'm not sure you could actually ride a horse in water like that. Because <laughs> I think when you're on a horse, it just doesn't, doesn't go in water. No, right? I, think it, I think it rears. Yeah. I had a bear suicided to the river the other day, <laughs> chasing me out of the woods. Yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, think it I just disappeared. I don't think it even had a good. No, I can't remember. It yeah. probably just I had a good death, as it does, <laughs> yeah. as things do. The only thing that's actually different about Master Mode, apart from the enemies being higher level, is those. They showed it in that first bit, like the tiny one second thing that they first showed when they first were showing Master Mode, where it's like, oh, the Octorok balloons lift up a platform with oh, a yeah, golden yeah. arm. That's basically the only thing that's different in the world. There's just those everywhere. Every bridge has one of those next to it. But it's actually the trick to Master Mode is that those, because those are everywhere, they almost always have a chest on them, and the chest has a weapon that's a higher tier than you'd usually find in that area of the map. Oh, so that's basically how you survive Master Mode, is just by early on, is just harvesting those chests. So it's like it's meant to be harder, but it's not. And a lot of those times, those platforms are floating so high up in the air, the guy on them will never actually see you. Oh, right. That it's only there for when you're paragliding onto it <laughs> for him to be a minor inconvenience for a second until you oh, so shoot an arrow at one of the balloons. So you use the gale then, Rivali's gale, to get up there and then take take the chests. Yeah, or you know, if you want, if you only want the chest, you just snipe one of the balloons with the arrows, and then the platform falls over and the chest falls off. Nice. Or the guy falls off if you want to kill the dude. <laughs> They're like not even a problem. It's just that every other enemy on the entire map is at least one level higher than they used to be. That's the problem. Yeah, I was I was kind of hoping when they showed that you know that perhaps there'd be more like uses of their 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 clearly well defined physics system to be like, are we going to do this other weird thing? Mm. The only other thing that I've seen that was actually different was just because they clearly felt like taking the piss, they spawned a Lionel on the Great Plateau. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, from the start of the game. I was like, okay, that's. I mean, I'm not going to be able to fight that ever, but you know, that's funny, I guess. <laughs> Completely useless. Can't fight it. I have to just go around it. Try to take it on if you manage to max out and come back to it. What color one well, is it? Well, it was a it was a black one, so technically it's not that difficult, I guess. Haven't seen any of the ex- like the gold tier enemies yet. I don't even know where those would spawn. I guess probably where the white ones used to spawn. <laughs> and I did randomly find a singular red moblin. I didn't think there was going to be any red enemies in the entire game, but there was one. I was like, oh, hmm. he's really easy to kill. Yes, he was. Sweet. <laughs> of course, he was holding a shit weapon as well, as they do. <laughs> Yeah, I took a few attempts at the stupid sword. Uh, basically, immediately after I got the last sword, I was like, well, let's see what the sword trial is like. But I think I'm going to need to actually get a lot more health with that because, I mean, you have no armor is the main problem, of course. Because mm. it's basically even tied armor again. Right, yeah, you've got nothing, yeah. But yeah, so having no armor, it's like you can use bombs a lot in the first few floors, but if you hit yourself with a bomb, that's like half your health. <laughs> At 13 hearts, I guess. So once I have some more, it'll be like one third of your health, maybe. Hmm. <laughs> if you're lucky. And also, I don't know, like... It would be nice if there was more opportunity to, like, do anything with the food that you find. Like, you find all the varieties of food, like speed boosting and mighty bananas and all those other things. You, but you can't... There's no yeah, actual places no to cook them yet. Mm, okay. Or as far as I've got, anyway. There was there was an open campfire once, so I could technically have roasted them and made them slightly better for health. Right, yeah. But not any of the stat bonuses, which is what you'd probably actually want. 
but yes, mostly just a whole shit ton of bobs and running in circles forever and trying to lure single enemies out at a time. All the all the dumb tricks. I haven't mm. started using stasis yet. I wonder if that will actually be useful. Yeah, supposedly that is quite useful, right? Because the only time I ever used stasis in the regular on an enemy in the regular game was trying to when I was trying to land on top of a flying guardian. <laughs> because <laughs> right. I thought that would be a good tactic but it doesn't really work with the physics you just sort of fall off <laughs> well they don't get stunned for very long those flying guys do they the guardians well, does anything really get stunned for very long with the stasis no I suppose not I mean it's enough with the flying guardians to shoot them in the face with an arrow I found that yeah. was a good way to get rid of them yeah because they're the worst to actually get rid of right yes. the flying ones <laughs> Because they, even though it claims you shoot the rotors off and they fall down, it's like the rotors just take it's so much damage. It's always not even worth bothering. You might as well just go for the criticals on the eye. <laughs> Never tried taking one of those out. Mm. I just thought they were a pain in the ass. I'm just gonna work my way around them. Yeah, there's a lot of them in the buddy castle though. So if you're exploring that, oh thing, great. Well, there's not yeah. too many. Actual flight lines in the castle. I mean, there's like two or three. Mm. There's just a lot of turret versions and the sniper yeah. turret versions. But by that point, you know, yeah, you should be pretty much easy to murder those guys. Just shoot them in the eye to stun them and then just run up with the master sword and stab them to death. <laughs> Fairly easy to defeat guardians once you have the master sword. I haven't really. Oh, I got the Korok mask as well. That was the other reason I. Went oh, to I need to get that. Where to right, get that? Is, is that like, where it yep. is? Yeah. Okay. It's in the first part, the the misty maze part. You mm. just wear that like armor. Yes, which you know is the disadvantage. Where it's just like it's a one armor headpiece, so you're not going to have as much armor as you usually yeah. would while you're wearing it. And it's not that long a range, but it's fairly useful. I was mainly just wearing it while I was riding my horse around, so I was catching all the ones that were close to the road while I was just travelling, mm. and that was giving me a fairly decent amount to get extra infantry in the early game. Does it appear a bit like the radar then, or well, it just you know, the scope, the mask jiggles and makes a noise when you're near a car, <laughs> as you would imagine. I want the mask to go. Yeah, ha ha! It does make a noise, but not like that. Okay. There's so many down Karaks, I, find, I, I always find more, no matter what I'm doing. Boom. <laughs> yeah, and also, I, I did, a, I was slightly more amused than I thought I was going to be by the stupid hero's pathing, seeing your route on the map. Yeah, and the way you oh, can right. like, yeah. wind it back and forth. Yeah, you play it back and see all the times you died and all the times you teleported. Just have it follow you around the map and be like, what was I doing then? The bit <laughs> where I your... spent like 15 minutes running in a circle to try and find a Korok that was just right next to me and I couldn't see it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's weird how much you remember almost exactly of what steps you were taking and what you were doing Yeah, by winding it back. I've died quite a few times in the Yuka clan hideout because I get screwing up the stuff. Oh, tail. God. Yeah, that thing was nasty. It's probably the, where I've died the most in that entire game. As I said at the time, just don't bother with the stealth, just shoot them in the face with triple electric arrows. Yeah. 
<laughs> they seem invulnerable to me, those guys. No, they only have like six I almost health. killed them a few times, but uh, they screwed it's it too up. much of a hassle. You just use the use a strong triple Lionel bow with like twenty five times three plus the electric damage so it stuns them. And then just dump like three shots. Uses a lot of ammo. Well that actually not really because the triple would still only technically uses one ammo. Yeah. I don't really burn my special. Uh, no, I think that's my problem. Right? Well, yes, yeah, that is the classic, that's a, that's a, the classic Zelda problem. Yeah, stockpile. I mean, uh, it does at least once you the the fire and ice arrows is just like every time you see one of those stupid wizards, it's just like oh, you're dead in one shot. <laughs> that makes those much easier, apart from the electric ones, of course, which don't have that weakness. Well, are they just uh, rock paper scissors on those guys. Well, on between the fire and ice, but not the electric. Right. Electric, you just have to have a high enough power to just kill them real quick. Well, the electric ones are the annoying ones because they're the ones hanging around at the base of that tower, which has that like well, watery yes, lake. Several places. Really annoying. Use some bomb arrows, maybe triple bomb arrows. I think I died there going through the looking at the hero's path. I think I died there a few times at the base yeah. of that tower. But all those kind of like. It's just the bottomless bogs that are always the problem. Mm. You're just always forever falling in accidentally. Mm. Getting hit, falling off a thing, and then you take extra damage because you've fallen into the bottomless bog. Great. I'm sure. Thinking about it now, it'd be interesting to see, like, on that on that route, uh, what happened to me as I was, uh, like, some of the towers. I think, like, I I fudged my way up because it's just like I'm right at this <laughs> well, tower. That's what you do I, with a lot of them, really. Yeah, and I can't really find, and I couldn't really find the like some of the ones that were like covered in corruption. Yeah. And it's just like, how on earth do I find a way up there? And I was like, all right, fine. I'm just going to run through this bit of corruption and I'll have just enough health to get across it. And that is one and way then, to do it. Uh, yeah, so I, sort of, I sort of did that on, on, on one of them in particular. I've got in my head, but it was just sort of in a bit of ruins. And, yeah. and, and the what looked like the obvious climbing path was covered in corruption. You're like, how am I supposed to? Oh, I saw it. I'm just going for it. And just eventually ended up getting that precise jump correct off the corruption and it sort of worked out and it's like okay i'm good i just need to not get shot <laughs> and i'm fine yeah i'm interested to see how many i think that might be quite a high death count right there cool zelda master mode yeah who knows what how much of that i'll get done I mean, I've been burning through the trains real quick. Because <laughs> I know where most of them are now, and I also vaguely remember most of the puzzles. I have been leaving a lot of chests behind in case I need to come back for the weapons, because mm. you know, weapons are the problem in Master Raid. <laughs> you don't just automatically chuck whatever you're carrying and get a new one, because yeah. you kind of don't have the durability to waste mm. as much, although I probably do at this point. Probably don't need to worry so much any longer. Because you can't farm shrines for weaponry. Like, you well, just sort of farm to... the guardians if you if you wait. For yeah, the, the guardian fights. Right. Yeah. Because you can just get the ancient weapons off those. I was trying to but, think of other places where you could gone... harvest weapons that would respawn. Because like a lot of times you'll find like sledgehammers and double axes at, at stables, mm. and those respawn. I find it quite easy to like. Um, glide down onto a Hinox and steal the stuff off its neck or whatever, and then and then sod off without mm. getting into a fight. Or you could find the skeletal ones that sometimes have weapons that you can just pull out with Magnesis while they're asleep. Yeah, 
I've never seen one of those asleep, the skeletal ones, where they only wake up during the night, so <laughs> anytime during the day. I know, but I've never seen, I, they've always popped out of the ground, like, and been like, hi guys! No, the skeletal ones are only active at night. I've never seen one in, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one just hanging out. They're not skeletal, not the normal ones. Yeah. Yeah. They spawn in specific places, like all the mini bosses, I guess. Mm. And the, a lot of the time, the weapons that they do have, you don't necessarily have access to all of them because, like, half of them will be buried under the ground because of the way the light. It's basically because the model is wedged into the ground. Right, yeah. <laughs> so you can't necessarily see all the weapons. Yeah, I don't know if there's any other particularly useful places to just get generic a lot of weapons. Maybe I need to start thinking about using the stupid rusty weapons slash Octorox on Death Mountain trick. Although I don't know what grade of weapons that actually gives you. Oh, what you? How does that work? Do they make them unrusty? Use the, yeah, if you have the Octorox on Death Mountain that suck and then blow. Yeah. You throw rusty weapons at them and they clean them off somehow. <laughs> By what, sucking them in sucking and spitting them back out. Oh, okay, weird. But I don't know what grade of weapons you get or whether it's like random pool or something. You might only get like mid tier, I guess, because that would make mm, sense. Yeah. Because they look like sort of mid tier weapons, yeah, but rusty. Just, just whatever the non rusty variant of that weapon actually is. It's a lot of effort. I haven't actually been up Death Mountain yet. Yeah, it's a bit of a pain getting up there because that's you're on a clock to try and find those bloody. Yeah, until uh, you get the armor. Yeah, and I you was can do thinking that about to get the first part of the armor right, where you have to find those yeah, fireproof find lizards. More lizards. I was thinking about making a brief run up Death Mountain just so I could easily do a whole shit ton of baked apples for the woman who wants <laughs> baked apples. Oh yeah. <laughs> Because doing it by, by a campfire is like, it's fine, but it's not as convenient as just chucking them on the ground. <laughs> That's true. But I did manage to do like a hundred. It was like, I need money. <laughs> Have this a hundred baked apples. <laughs> do they, are they actually worth quite a lot more than normal apples? Well, it's because she uh, she wants the baked apples. That's like... It's the one a, in the Rito village, right? Yeah. It's yeah. like a sub quest, except it's not really a quest. It's just a thing you can do. Well, it starts with a side wants... quest, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I thought there well, was the, like the first one. Yeah, I don't know if it even does go into the quest log, does it? Oh yeah, I, I guess think it, it does. does. Yeah, but then like you could just give it more, and it's like you get less money than the first one, obviously, because now it's not now it's not a quest any longer. But it's like the number you do give her at once increases the value. So like do a hundred, then get like twelve hundred rupees. Oh man, you could easily do that. Yeah, I just went back to that mountain where the, yeah, where the where there's resources that, spawned. There's and the then you just orchard. use bombs to blow the shit out of that orchard. Yep, right? just get all of those apples <laughs> and then yeah. go somewhere there's a fire slash death mountain. Chuck them all on the ground. I never tried doing that either. That's a good one. I never tried doing that either. It's bombing trees. Yeah. Yeah, you could bomb the crap out of that orchard and you get a million apples at huh. once or like at well, least a hundred in one go. I, I mean, you might, you might cause some of the apples to fly off the side of the mountain. Yeah. <laughs> But there's plenty. Yeah. That woman is a real gold mine if you want money. Hmm. Right, I might, might <laughs> consider that. are real easy to get. And she doesn't seem to have any limit. 
you could definitely bake a lot yet. at once by just chucking hundreds on the ground. Yeah, I mean, there. well, five at a time. <laughs> right, <laughs> I guess. Slightly, makes it slightly slower. Slightly? Well, I mean, you only have to go to the... If you're doing it to Death Mountain, it would be easier. I assume they still turn into baked apples. I guess I haven't actually tried it, yeah, I assume they still turn into baked apples on Death Mountain. Yeah, yeah I think they Rather do. Than, they wouldn't go straight to burnt, would they? But it's more difficult with a campfire because you actually have to try and get them to actually land close enough to the close. fire to yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> you probably throw them in the Goron Hot Springs. They might. Fl- I don't know if they float. Yeah, I don't know if they turn into baked apples from that, though. Boiled apples. Yeah, mm. maybe they turn into something different. Well, that'd be cool if they did. <laughs> if there was a boiling mechanic, then. well, I mean, you can boil eggs by throwing them in the hot springs. Yes, okay. that works. Awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of awesome stuff in that game, <laughs> to say the least. The cooking is, yeah, ridiculously kind of well. It's not deep, but there's a lot. Yeah, the problem with cooking is when you actually create the proper recipes. It's like not actually that much better. No, they're just, just making pretty much useless. Generic, generic meat and shrooms. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty but... pointless. That is kind of dumb. It would be better if they were. Sig- you know, the exotic yeah. recipes were significantly better. Some some kind of gourmet result. Yeah. It's because a lot of the a lot of the fancy recipes use use like several items that don't have any actual bonus to them. Yeah, and they like use like wheat butter and, and butter wheat, and yeah. eggs and whatever. It's like there's a lot of health, except not even that much health because you can easily make a full restore hearty meal yeah. out of pretty much anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the hearty meals are clearly the jip way of doing health. Uh, all all you really need is the hearty ones and the um what's the strength ones? Mighty. The mighty ones. Yeah. Yeah. Banana based. Yep. <laughs> Just four bananas and then one other thing to Yeah. <laughs> to make and it you can meal. farm bananas from the jungle can't you quite easily. So easily. There's so many banana trees. More than the durians even. <laughs> or just put bananas you know, with any other mighty thing, mushrooms. Have a, or fish. Fish is kind of more difficult, I guess. Yeah, yeah, they're more annoying to get. Mighty carp. And then just pretty much set off everything that gives you cold or heat resistance, because who cares? Yeah. <laughs> just <laughs> get the armor. That. Yeah. So yeah, more Zelda-y Zelda stuff. Right. Uh, is it Rob's turn? Yes. Ah, no, what you've been playing to, like into the breach this week, or no, eh, done that. I may have played sufficient of that for now. For now, see what videos to upload. <laughs> okay, good content. Content provider. Content. All right then. Uh, what have I been playing? I finished Gears of War Ultimate Edition. Yep. On that uh, train with yeah. General Rom. Yes, yes. Which I actually found a lot easier playing now than I did back in the day. Yeah. But I wasn't too bad. I just had a ton of top bow ammo. And so it was just like, oh, I can just hit him lots of times and it's fine. Once I remembered that that is like, like the mechanics of that boss fight, I kind of skank because yep. it's like it's still quite light out. And yet the krill are about. Mm, yeah. But then there's these mysterious, like the, the cover just happens to have lights next to it. And you've got to remember to stay in those lights to not get krilled. Um, and so once, once I remembered that little detail, because it's really not obvious from that, mm. from the way that fight looks. Um, Maybe so it was, was more like, obvious in the original lighting. Uh, I'm not even sure it was. I think it, like, it was just confusing because it's like it's supposed to be that the nemesis are inking the sky and it's supposed to be getting darker and stuff like that. So you mm. can't use the hammer of dawn or anything like that. 
Um, but yeah, it, it always looked a bit too bright, really. Um, so yeah, that, that's what that was. But that, that didn't seem too bad. A bit of a no, wasn't wasn't too difficult this time around. And then you're treated to the obvious Coltrane rap. <laughs> if you can call it a rap, it's, exactly. well, yeah, it's just a just a mashup of some of the samples that they had for Cole but to make it sound a bit rappy. Woo. Uh, yeah, that game's a hell of a lot better than Gears of War 4, even though I think like it does lose steam like significantly. Acts 4 and 5 just aren't oh, yeah. nearly as interesting as the first three. Um, Does yeah, you end four, up at four, like, four, Marcus's four, house, don't you? Or is that you, go to, you, you go to the Phoenix estate That's right. to go, for, to go find some data that it that it turns out your dad had all along. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much the entire point of Act Four. And Act Five, I really had forgotten it in its entirety. Really, it's about it's about just trying to get to the train um, to get the light mass bomb. But obviously, there's a billion and one hurdles in the way, and things don't go, quite go to plan. Like first, you've got to turn the power on to lower a bridge, but then there's a brumac in the way, and that takes a lot longer than you'd think. And it's 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 actually just and it's also one of the blandest environments because it's like car parks and a factory again, and but not not as cool a looking a factory. And it's like, yeah, so Act Five ends up feeling pretty weak um, all round, which is a bit of a shame. Um, uh, and you know, after after you'd sort of done Act Four, where Act Four felt kind of like, okay, this is the here's what you've learnt. Now we'll make it a bit harder. Act, mm. you know, we're not introducing really anything new. We're just going to make it a bit harder. And then you get Act Five, which is kind of that, but not even as interesting as Act Four. Like then it's like, yeah, okay, this is they've clearly run out of steam at this point. They've clearly run out of ideas um, for this game. Um, still better than Gears Four. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, I enjoyed my time of it. It was worth revisiting. Yay! That Gears, Gears, Gears is still Gears. Uh, and then I played a few supers. So uh, I've been playing Super Metroid quite a bit. A few supers. <laughs> Super Metroid, which Super you'd never Metroid. played, right? Which I never touched, no. Um, uh, so for those who know, I think I'm about to go to Meridia. Yeah. I think I've got to that point. I've got the gravity suit. Water. Um, which, okay, my, my initial thoughts were, hey, this game doesn't seem all that long. Oh, no, wait. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> This is this is like, I think I'm like six or seven hours in now, and I think there's still plenty of places I've not been able to get to. Or oh, there's still quite a few little gaps on my like thinking. Like I've got ice beam now and I've got wave beam, but there's still another beam. I think unless grapple beam filled that hole, I'm not sure. Or maybe I have most of the stuff. Well, I think you might have most of the stuff, maybe. But... I'm a bit annoyed. Like the, the X-ray scanner seems a bit like annoying because it's like you actually actually have to aim it around the screen, and it's like, oh god, this takes time, and yep. it makes a horrible noise while you're using it. And you have to do it goddamn everywhere. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm just sort of, I am sort of just using it in every screen I go to. And yep. It's just like, oh, well, I would never have known there was a hidden passageway there. God damn you, gay! This is like, it's not even, ob- it's not even any kind of indication that would be a passageway or any obvious puzzle here. Um. I do, I do like the, the the hidden ability thing it does, even if I think that wall jump is a garbage wall jump. But not that bad once you get used to it. It's pretty bad. It's really hard to pull off. Um, and that and that super jump is quite irritating as well, or the or the super charge, whatever you choose to do. Um, I, don't know, I thought that was cool. <laughs> it's cool, but it's it's a little too. There's one 
room in particular where it makes you do it on a pixel perfect jump. Well, I don't but, know about pixel perfect. It's fairly close, but you have to just time it like right at the top of your arc, essentially, don't you? Oh, that's probably not the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> um, might not have discovered that. There's one where it makes you run along a corridor that you have to clear first yeah. of stuff, and then the place where you're supposed to jump is on the last possible block. Um, uh, and you have to do the vertical jump straight up to get to a thing, get to a reserve tank. Um, and it's just timing that is really tricky. Took me way too many attempts. Oh, and there's the one where you have to grapple beam across a load of moving bugs. And of course, the camera goes a bit funny when it's not doing like a single screen. Like, the camera in that game isn't particularly great. Like, everything's quite close to you. And when you've got a level that scrolls, like, it has a tendency of lifting the camera a bit too high. So landing your jumps is a bit tricky. Or, but then that's helpful when you want to when you want to go up. But then, like for those sorts of maneuvers, the game is just too zoomed in. I think like it doesn't quite work that well. Um, it, it I, I can see it's a useful mechanic for keeping sub stuff hidden, right? Because you can't see it because you're quite zoomed in, like limited <laughs> visibility. But um, uh, yeah, there were times some of that stuff seems just uh, just awkward to be awkward. Um. I mean, the grapple beam is easily the most awkward thing. Yeah, it, it does, does precisely it... diagonally, and you can't do mm. any other. Well, I mean, you can do up and down. Yeah, but it doesn't <laughs> control all that well <laughs> either. Like when there has a tendency, oh, well, it pulls you in immediately, right? And so you have to then extend it back down, and then start your swing, and then. So it's it's not like the most easy thing to use either, um, and you know, selecting through your weapons isn't quite as convenient as obviously having the GameCube pad where you have more buttons where you can just say, "I want my missiles now." Not or, that you uh, necessarily need to that much in that game really no not too often there was one just save all your missiles for the boss and then just dump all of them (laughs) yeah pretty much there was there was one boss where i actually had to look up how to do it because i didn't feel like i had enough equipment to actually defeat it um i would always run out of stuff and i couldn't figure out another way of damaged it damaging it i tried everything i tried the charge beam i tried power bombs and it's like these didn't seem to do do much to it well most of the time like, the bosses have some kind of attack that you can shoot that just drops more ammo but th- that did happen yeah but it, it happened infrequently enough that it wasn't really effective to, to put this the pushback boss yeah you're supposed to push him back and it's like oh, i've run out of missiles what do i do um yeah it turns out the charge beam totally does work but the first time i played it for some reason it didn't because it's like i've tried this and it's like or when i read the guide it's like i'm like that doesn't work well, i seem to remember with that boss like kind of in trade is kind of similar like the hit zone is kind of small because it blocks it a lot with yeah, the, yeah with, its arm, with its arm yeah um but yeah it, it totally did work it just yeah, it was. It's annoying when I when when you when that happens in games. It's like you you're like, well, I tried that, and then I sort of ruled it out because it didn't work the first time I tried the first few times I tried it. So you're like, it's like that can't possibly be the solution. So then then obviously you read something or you try it again. It's like, well, that was the solution. Well, that's bloody annoying. <laughs> I think there's maybe a sort of a problem with I don't know if it's worse with the with the emulation on that on the SNES Mini or whether it, whether I don't remember how it was in there at all but I, it's a sort of a class, classic old school game problem of like like hit flashes for example mm. the way they'd always try and just have that be like like one frame where they flash or whatever and yeah. that can conflict with refresh rates and all that kind of stuff where you don't necessarily always see it when it's getting hit and that kind of thing. Yeah I mean I'll say I don't like, I don't think I've ever had I don't think I've had that problem to say like like you know at least with the, with the pushback boss it's obvious because you push him back well yeah um 
but like they're like the the I don't I don't think I've ever seen an issue where I think it's like oh that seemed like an emulation problem, except for well I know that that the emulator doesn't quite handle the transparency stuff the same way the original SNES does because right. I remember seeing some I think some of the digital foundry stuff on this thing and it's like oh right yeah some of the some of the full screen transparency effects aren't quite the same as they were, um, but that I. Well, the bit I don't don't know, and obviously because I've never played the originals, I don't know if this is a thing. When some of those full screen transparency effects are going on, and there's some number of enemies on screen, it doesn't have to be that many. Quite a bit slow down. Well, I think the like the super bombs always just made it super slow, pretty yeah, much regardless of what there was on the screen. Yeah, but I think you get that effect when you're like in water as well, right? Because the water effect uses proper transparency. Well, water just makes you slow by default until you have the gravity suit. That's sort of different. Yeah, yeah, I know, but like actual frame rate slow down not like hmm. um and so there's, there's a bit of that going on you know in fairness there was a bit of that going on in super mario world at times it's like if you like got like eight double height enemies on screen at, at one time it would start to have trouble hmm. um but I, I think this is like it's interesting because if that's how the snares actually handle it, it's like oh there's some actually this is where the sort of whole mega drive versus snes sort of like what the capabilities of the system's like thought process starts coming back into it. And it's like, okay, SNES might be able to do, uh, I guess what you'd call a higher number, a higher quality of graphic in some ways. Like the way it renders is nice. It's, it seems crisp, but it seems, um, you know, and it can obviously do the rotation effects and it can do transparency, which the, you know, the Mega Drive just wasn't capable of. Um, but I feel like the Mega Drive could throw a lot more around you know, just raw polygons. It couldn't do effect, you know, but not polygons, you know, <laughs> just raw raw sprites and things moving about. If I think the Mojo could throw lots of that about, whereas the SNES just perhaps did things with a higher effect level. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Hmm. Blast processing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I think it's, I think it's a quality, it's a quality thing. Um, I just wish that sound was, wasn't quite so... The sound is crap. Let's be honest. Like, like this whole thing about, hey, the sense of loneliness and all that. Like, I'm not getting that. I'm getting a sense of, hey, my ears are full of oil. <laughs> it's, it's, everything is so muffled the entire time. And the music's actually kind of, other than the classic, I actually think the rest, <laughs> like, like the rest of the music, I actually think is kind of just bad. Norfair is a classic. <laughs> just I don't know. I love a beat, but the loops are so short, and like and you hear them a <laughs> lot. That one's okay. But again, that loops way too short, so you hear it like a lot. Um, yeah, so, yeah. It it's got problems, and I can you know I can, I'm willing to put those as problems of the time, but still a great game. Great game. I will, I will see that through. Um, the other super I've been playing is super hot. Mm, yes, I super hot, hot, super hot. Repeat, ad infinitum. Get some achievements. <laughs> that game is rad. It's rad. Well, you're playing in VR though. Oh man! Well, the problem is, is I yeah okay that. I don't want to get on the. I didn't want to get on the negatives immediately, but the problem is, having played like Super Hot VR, <laughs> admittedly on a slightly glitchy PSVR setup, it's kind of hard to 
go back in some ways. It's like, yeah, it's a different game for sure yeah. because you, the ability to actually move does change the dynamic of that. And like slightly more precise control over the time. Yeah, absolutely. And like being able to actually, you know, you don't in in the VR version, like any motion you do with the with your head or controllers does move time a bit. Yeah. So you know, if you're if you're going to aim your gun at someone, you've got to do it very carefully so as not to move. Like you know, you can't just go. Oh, I'm going to shoot over this way and flail around a bit as you do it, because you're going to be pushing time too far. You have to everything in the VR version has to be very precise and sort of measured and, um, but like physically precise, not precise, precise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Whereas this, you actually have to. You know, looking around doesn't really cost anything, um, but like any any action you take obviously has has a time value to it and things like that. So it's a it's a different kind of puzzle. But I bet me does think like, like I kind of miss the VR <laughs> aspect of it, which which makes sense because like, the whole game is effectively about VR people living <laughs> in VR, yeah. Um, and the dystopian sort of I won't spoil it too much, but hey, you know it's all you, you're gonna have that sort of mind control stuff going on a, and, and, and mean, things like that, and it's it was a fairly obvious, as soon as there was any. Story. Yeah, as soon as anyone <laughs> said anything about the story, it was like, okay, oh, well, it's really obvious what you're going for here, where it's like, is it real or is it not real? I mean, yeah, that's obviously the thing you do in a VR. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Matrix. And it, and it really leans into that heavily from its in its design, like because it's like, you, you don't see any, you, you never see any realness to this thing. The closest thing you get to real is the, their mock-up ASCII OS um, which is used as like both the game's main menu and sort of storytelling device. Um, and in in it's 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 weird. Like, okay, in in this in this world, it's like okay, VR exists and is a thing and seems fairly reliable and takes over your entire body, mind, body, and soul while you're using it. Um, but the OS on which it runs is like Matrix style ASCII. but without not with the falling text Matrix stuff, but you know, just super lo-fi. Like old school bulletin board type stuff, and to the point where it seemed like before Superhot.exe, like games were basically just ASCII art games, and or like demo tests, all having to run in at some kind of ASCII framework. And boy, this menu lets you like just just go around in it and explore this guy's computer and find jokes and. Literally, literal, all that stuff I've talked about, like ASCII demos and art made out of stick figures, <laughs> and and a fake bulletin board, a fake chat channel that just sort of plays itself out. That is disturbingly accurate to internet like chat rooms. I guess, like, probably because it might just be a literal yeah, maybe from it, a chat room. Yeah, that maybe that was how they wrote <laughs> quote unquote wrote this thing. That it was just a chat they had and just an experience that that the team had while they were making this thing. And it's. Uh, and and there's a lot in there's a lot of content actually there's a lot of script in that thing so you can sit there and just just watch that thing play out for quite a long time, mm. uh, and it's so the the trappings of this thing are really cool. Um, I do think some of the like the, the scenarios play out they're, they're fun as well. The actual in in a, like the actual game itself is pretty cool, but it's in many ways it is what you what you expect from super hot you know it, you sort of know what you're going to get out of it going into it fairly early on with a sort of twist that i've discovered at some point that does mix up the mechanics a little bit um 
but in many ways, it's that element of the game is not really why I'm continuing to play it. It's the story. It's the trappings. It's this complete experience around that thing mm. that that is that is clever and well and well and you know very well done. It, it completes the package in a, in a way that is makes sense. It's the it, as as I said, it's the logical choice, and they haven't just done it. They've done they've they've done it with such a attention to detail that thing is rad i really i really want to finish it i really want to see how the, where this goes i it's one of those i'm hoping i'm not as near to the end as it feels like because that means that this game is super short and i know it kind of it's been said and i know i've read reviews and stuff that it is super short but i don't want it to be as short as it seems like it will be right now mm. Which, like, what percentage of the achievements do you have? It's quite easy yeah. way to tell. Well, I, I, I think, think there's there are, not like any particularly like obscure achievements in that game. Well, I think there are some. Well, I've heard there are like hidden rooms to find. So, I've, like, on on some levels where I thought I've had some time left and I could just run around for a bit before getting found and shot at. It's like I've had a look for them. I've never found any, mm-hmm. anything secret like that. And I'm pretty sure there are some extra modes that open up, judging from the achievements, like an endless mode, for instance. Mm-hmm. Although one of the achievements for that is like kill 1,987 red dudes. And it's like, that seems like a lot. <laughs> uh, but anyway, super hot. Uh, so far, could not recommend more. Apart from get it on deal. Because, yeah, if it is as short as I think it is, might not be necessarily a good deal money-wise. Well, these things- Go on Steam sales, don't they? Sure, sure. Well, Superhot's been somewhat away from that and up until very recently, where it's turned up in a humble bundle mm. and been on Games of Gold on Xbox. Um, oh, the time has turned. The tide has turned. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's finally hit that point. Um, but yeah, I'm playing the PC version just for uh, clarification. And it, yeah, it's real cool. Real cool. Uh, so those are the supers. What else have I been doing? Doing a great deal, else. I went, not quite sure why, but I went back to recall for a bit. <laughs> great. The problem was, it's your fault in a way. <laughs> I'm sure because you sort of. Well, it's not your fault at all. Like I'm pretty sure we saw in my achievement list or something. It's like oh, I'm really close to getting that one. Yeah. And I was like, well, I might as well go back in it for a little bit and get that achievement. And so what I ended up doing was 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 finishing off the Obsidian Cult extra stuff that was added in the definitive edition just to basically see where that goes uh didn't really go anywhere <laughs> kind of you do you do the the sort of tank race challenges that it uh that it you do some very, fairly simple dungeons to follow that and then do what turned out to be an incredibly easy disappointing boss fight and that was that that was the cult of obsidian stuff done and it's like oh Oh, all right. <laughs> Why was this cut from the game? This seems like not enough to have been a problem. <laughs> On the plus side, I didn't encounter any glitches. <laughs> so actually, my, my, my time with it was actually reminding me of why the stuff I liked about it. And then I stumbled upon some other stuff. It's like there was a, there was a section in the game that I went through called Shifting, Sta- Shifting Sands that just seemed to be like a large open area and weirdly seemed to be seemed like it was designed for just, you know, bomb it across it on the tank as fast as you can because it's going to be a bit dangerous out here. 
you might you might not be leveled enough for it. And sure enough, when I first encountered it, I was not leveled enough for it, um, and just got owned. Um, but of course, that stuff would have been in the game before the tank was added in the definitive edition. I was like, well, what, what is the deal with this? And so, upon randomly traveling through it at one point, the game suddenly then tells you about uh, they're like, oh, this area has like a special mechanic, and I'm like, well, where was this earlier? Um, it, like the, this area will, will go into sandstorms on occasion, and if you return after a sandstorm is done, like leave the area while the storm's on and come back to it when the storm's finished, then the sand will have moved and different areas yeah. will be accessible and things like that. And uh, like it doesn't tell you how many combinations or how many it, permutations, whichever way around it is, how, how many different ways the sand can sit um, to expose different areas. And I'm like, ah, oh, but there's stuff all over. There's, there's, there's I can see on my map there's probably more stuff here, and I've clearly been to parts of it where it's like, but there's nothing here. And it's like, oh, right, right. Clearly, I've got, I've got to wait for a sand to shift. And it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think this just reinforces what some of my original impressions of this game was, and that I think the ideas around this game are, are pretty good. And they, and they continue to surprise me, actually, the more I dig into them, and just to be, be like, oh, yeah, there's, there's nuance here. And then they ruin it with some terrible fights encountered, like just, ter- just awful designed fights. It's just like, this is an absolute ball ache to actually do. I can't see how they thought this was a good idea. Um, well, yeah, no, that was the thing, the DLC. The DLC had added secondary weapons. I remember thinking earlier earlier in the game where, where it was just like, there's a, there's, a, there's a marker in the HUD that's about setting changing secondary weapons. And I'm like, what is that about? Turns out that marker in the UI actually is kind of garbage. It doesn't work very well. Mm. Um, but but the, these DLC quests for the tanks have actually introduced three new secondary weapons, like a lob shot and a like a railgun thing and a, um, and a split shot. And it's like, wow, that's a reasonable amount of weapon utility that wasn't in the original. That doesn't seem to have been in the original game, and that you've only used in this DLC. I don't have to use for the re- the entire rest of the game. Really weird, really odd. Very clearly, another thing that was just like hastily cut from the original one. And it's just yeah, it's, it's really it's a real bizarre thing. But like I said, the ideas are good. Just maybe they're not the team to pull them off. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, that was random. I'm kind of hoping I won't get drawn back into that again. Okay, um, but I did sort—I of, did enjoy my time with it with, with it this time around. Just, yeah, weird, what a weird thing. Um, uh, I'm sure there was one other thing I did, but I'm now struggling to remember it. I think I'm good. Oh, a little bit fast, RMX. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. Done. I'm out. I'm out. Stop me Fast talking. Star events. Yeah. Cool. Games. Games. Well, well, like I was saying earlier, I got the Zelda DLC, so I was playing that as described earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, played a bit of uh, more Into the Breach with the rusting hulks, which are yeah. indeed fun and possibly easier than the first squad, I guess. <laughs> Probably. Probably. Especially once you get the like double smoke damage thing. Yeah. Which seems like the obvious thing to aim for, I guess. Um, and yeah. I, I don't think I've played anything else. <laughs> but a bit busy. 
I did, but okay. Was, yeah, so that's it. I already talked about my stuff with Zelda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you got involved. Indeed. An early involvement. Maybe if I get that 4K TV, I'll have to get an Xbox X. Something to parrot. No, I mean, this is the time where I should probably get a PlayStation, right? I should stop myself from getting, hey, this well, is I don't know. But, like, oh, but the X has a 4K Blu-ray player. That's the thing. Oh. <laughs> but it's so oh. much money. Oh. I should probably pay for my house first. Oh. Probably pay for the house and the TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping, well, a bit of me is like hoping that once I get some of this house loan stuff sorted. Oh, yeah. But, um, I don't mean to brag, but it's like, holy crap, the day may be finally approaching where I pay off my student loan. <laughs> holy crap. Whoa. Amazing, man. I'm not even close, I don't think. I, don't I think that's going to happen this year. Sweet. That's cool. That's going to make a difference, right? You know, oh, yeah. Not paying that. That's good. Uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm kind of hoping that if, once I pay off this like house loany thing that I need to deal with, stupid help to buy schemes, guru. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm hoping I've oversaved at this point. So, like, once it's all dealt with and stuff like that, it's like, oh, extra money hanging about TV, 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 TV. Yeah, <laughs> some uh, a windfall surplus. Yeah. yeah, TV and a PlayStation to go with it, of course. Yeah. So, I'm hoping Sony do a bundle deal. No, they won't. They won't. <laughs> yeah, you'd think they be all over the that stuff. They should be should PlayStation. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you don't want that thing. The classic. The problem with me is, is like, like I've done too much research into this now, right? Like before, when I bought this thing, I guess flat panel t- HD TVs were still kind of new. This is just the point where they got good and reasonably affordable. Well, I seem to remember when we were when we were talking about you buying that TV, we were worried about burning at that point as well. <laughs> I guess, yeah, true. Early yep. L- early LCDs, yeah, yep. And this thing hasn't got a hint of burning. <laughs> yeah, I think you'd be all right with those OLEDs, but there you go. <laughs> yeah. The problem is, is like, yeah, the more I've looked into it and like now modern LCD techniques, like like uh, local dimming, and uh, you know, where they now zone off the backlighting to make and it's like proper backlighting rather than edge lighting and stuff like that. And it's, mm. um, yeah, the more I've looked into it and stuff, it's like the particular model I want at that particular size I want is my sweet spot. But it's like if I want that size, I have to now compromise on quality, and it's like I don't want to do that. Mm. Decisions, I'll talk about decisions. This I should chat. I should yeah. chat. I should chat. Well, I mean, we are under time, unusually. What? Yeah. I believe uh, we might have to uh, give our listeners an extra 10 minutes back <laughs> of their lives to compensate for all the hours we've gone over in the past. That's probably fair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, any new videos going up? I guess there's more Into the Breach to come to be published. Theoretically, yes. Yep. Yeah. Zach's um, outpouring of content will continue. Which is incredibly useful for me, because it means awesome. I can be lazy for once. Um, uh, I don't know if there's any joint I, stuff. Well, there is, because Zach and I recorded some Sonic Colours. Oh, yes. So that's Drilling. probably going to go up next Drilling week. Stuff. Although oh. there is definitely some drill. Excellent. Not that much yet. No, no, not, not, not too <laughs> much rave. <laughs> Excellent. In the midst of time when there was the occasional good Sonic game. I mean... I'm beginning to think that maybe it's not as good as I thought it was at the no, time. No, <laughs> it was just because compared to yeah, the previous compared one. to the other Sonic games around it, yeah, this is this is this is this is reasonably good. Mm. Yeah, more Sonic content for the channel because obviously uh, all, all you listeners have have watched all the way through Sonic Adventure and Sonic Heroes and Sonic Heroes. 
which in fairness is more of an endeavor. I'd be more impressed if you if you've if you've been through all of that. Sonic Heroes oh, is not more interesting in my opinion. <laughs> What's that? Sonic Heroes is more interesting because You think we, but we were playing the same bad. content four times. <laughs> because it's bad, that's what makes it more interesting. Uh, uh. But Sonic Adventure is nuts. It may not be bad, but it's stupid it's weird. It like is weird. The big, the There's also not as much of fishing it. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're right, there isn't as much Sonic Adventure as there is. Yeah, Heroes is a Heroes is Heroes is maybe the longest Sonic game maybe. Really, in total. Oh, well, because man. of the way it forces you to basically replay the levels. Well, and it actually does have a lot of levels. Yeah, reasonable <laughs> amount. And they're all quite long as well. There's yeah. not like a one minute sprint apart from maybe the first level. None of it's good. <laughs> So watch out for that Sonic Colors video going up on our Happy Salad um, YouTube channel soon. If you like listening to me sing, because I love that music. <laughs> yes, you <laughs> like the wrong boop, 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 boop. singing along for music constantly. Oh yeah, and of course, yeah, I forgot about the salad theme. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you like listening to me sing, you're going to get a lot of that. <laughs> you're about to hear some more in about <laughs> yeah, a minute or two. So enjoy that amazing content. Smash that like or button or whatever button it is subscribe button push some buttons <laughs> push some buttons and uh, we'll join you again in a couple of weeks for another salad cast mm,